Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. time and he's 50 older and wiser and better and uh is this thing on there it's it's on it still works Dowd Dowd Dowd's microphone is still working we've got a great show lined up uh Roku TV Amazon Fire Apple TV podcasting on Stitcher SoundCloud and Spotify don't forget uh, you can always find us at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and to celebrate all of this uh, Dowd's going to be doing an even bigger service for his rockoftalk.chat subscribers his commitment to 50 and beyond will uh, give you more hard-hitting original policy papers uh and insight that you will get nowhere else welcome back Cotta. how are you uh, i i am well sir uh i you know it had been 20 years uh since i took a vacation I, wow. I forgot that the world goes on even when you're not working six and a half to seven days a week uh, i think it's an ego a badly needed ego adjustment. Uh, yeah. that, it's not an argument that our lives don't matter. It, it's an argument that you need to take yourself a little less seriously. Uh, as I understand it, uh, Creepy Joe is still in the White House. I, I did not take my laptop. I took my 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 tablet only for photograph bravo, taking. Bravo. I didn't keep up with anything. The only Good. thing I know is that the day before we were at the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, a 42-year-old man decided to take a tumble off the very spot that we were at 24 hours later. Wow. He didn't survive. Um, well, let me let me run down the list. We've got uh, Wolfgang Puck's Cut Steakhouse would be probably the number one highlight. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law brought me for my fiftieth uh, birthday dinner there. Much it's steak. called uh, it's called Cut Cut Wolfgang Puck. Okay, uh, it's in, it's either in the Venetian or the Palazzo. Uh, one, yeah, one it is in the Palazzo. Palazzo, Palazzo, yeah, Palazzo. Palazzo uh, biggest rooms on the Strip. Uh, for those of you who don't know, is uh, Palazzo and the Venetian. Mm, very nice. Seven hundred and fifty square feet of opulence. Uh, uh, very we, nice. What you bill, eat? Uh, we got to the tomahawk. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and we kind of shared it all, but, but of course all oh! these. We had sides. We had a pork nice. appetizer. Oh. The bread was unbelievable. Uh, everything about it. Uh, the white corn side dish was mm. just white, fresh, like they had just picked it. I, you know, I grew up in agriculture, and so I would go start steaming the pot for the sweet corn yeah. before I went out to pick it. That's how fresh the sweet corn I grew up on was. Wow. Uh, so I, I know good corn. Uh, Wagyu beef the next day. Not, well, not, well, not wait, steak. Wait. I, we haven't finished over here at, at Wolfgang Puck. So, the, <laughs> like, you, 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 you set the table. The feast is there. Uh, you're enjoying yourself. How long? Uh, how long was that marathon of eating? I didn't know that you had at these high end restaurants because yeah. I don't really travel in those sort of <laughs> circles. Uh, and I, not that anyone who does there's anything wrong. I, I never got a job from a poor person. I, I am not. I'm, an, I'm not a rich person basher by any means, but. Uh, the sommelier comes out, and my oh, sister yeah. and brother-in-law uh, drink wine. And he, Ooh, he gives any you, ideas about what it was? He gives you about a forty-five-minute lecture. I, I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, you have your personal. Uh, he's kind of like the head of your team. Michael was our, our the head, recommending things. Uh, and then he kind of directed all the staff who would come bring us things and take them away. Then he recommended the dessert, which was Eddie. Honest to God, you, you would know this because you oh, know, yeah. you know fine dining. It was a a sphere of some type of substance and they pour it on top. And then the sphere opens up like a, like a blossom to have the, you know, the cake and the ice cream 
inside oh, with gold flecks on top. molten lava. I have consumed yeah. gold. Gold is in my body now, apparently. Nice. Uh, and uh, it's a really good thing my brother is a highly paid uh, uh, you aren't uh, you uh, aren't accountant. living unless you're doing that beautiful interior there at the uh, cut boy. It's all it, class, super super nice. Yeah. But regarding our governor, the very next day, while I I I'm still not in Wagyu steak territory, I had Wagyu uh, a, a Wagyu hamburger. Oh wow, which was nice. the best hamburger I've ever had in my nice. life. It's like all I can say is it's like sweet meat. There's a sweetness mm. to it. The tenderness um, is something oh. that you can't explain. You have to experience it. It's like like you're looking for the bottom, and it's it's tender enough, so it's still, I want to say chewy, but you would never use no, the word no, chewy to say no, it. It's no. like you're getting through it. It's got enough sort of texture. It is. It's very opulent. Uh, and it's, and, and an this time, folks, uh, the taxpayers were not covering my wagyu meat. Oh, it was okay. it was uh, privately paid for. Uh, we did a lot of uh, you know Zion. We did the North Rim of of the Grand Canyon. Oh, which, nice. you know, Some people say the North Rim is even better than the South Rim, which is more. Visited there. Did How did you of, get there by helicopter? Or? Uh, no, I would not get in a helicopter. Oh, <laughs> we just okay. drove south uh, <laughs> into Arizona and the North Rim. Like I said, the guy the day before, the guy had died. Right, we were at Angel yeah. Bright Angel Point or something. Okay, LDS history. We went through St. George and Hurricane. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of LDS history. Had a fascinating lecture at a site I won't disclose by a uh, LDS elder who had some very nice things to say about polygamy. Eddie, if I wanted to, I hold this man's future. In, or this man or woman's future in my hands if i wanted to crush this individual i have his or her name i could just say who this person is by saying nice things about polygamy and get him kicked out of the church because you cannot endorse polygamy in the in the lds world anymore and he had some fairly complimentary things or she had some fairly comp- complimentary things we're going to move on very quickly uh for that uh canyon de Shea in arizona of course where kit carson waged the last battle against the Diné people uh, unexpected uh, treat uh, the Las Vegas Aviators, the AAA ball. Uh, yeah, are still downtown? Are they still playing? No, they're out downtown? at Summerlin now. They're way out. Oh, okay. And Eddie, a the stadium, tri- uh, folks, you're not going to believe this. A stadium, I looked this up. This is probably the only work I did for eight days. Built by private money. Mm. They built their own ballpark, ladies and gentlemen, with private sector money. Uh, and of course, we went through uh, St. George, Hurricane, uh, stayed in Page. And then last night we were in Farmington. Uh, oh, uh, tell me about Farmington. Oh, well, well, two nights ago, we were in Farmington, okay. and, and, and uh, so we came in, and I was in my own bed last night. The In October, folks, I brought you, we were the only media outlet, the only statewide media outlet to inform you that we had just passed the 100th anniversary of the first commercial oil and gas well drilled in New Mexico. Not a single elected official in the state of New Mexico, I looked and I looked and I looked, marked the passing of our 100th anniversary in Farmington. They do not forget at the visitor, the convention center and visitors authority and museum, they have a magical display, a hundred years of oil and gas in the four corners area. I've been talking about it since October. I finally got to go, Eddie. I have 1400 pictures of that amazing exhibit up there. And I told the lady behind the desk, I'm going to give a free ad for your, your exhibit tomorrow uh, in Albuquerque radio. You've got to get up there. It's going to be around for a little while longer. It's an oil and gas museum marking the hundredth anniversary. The political elites in the state, don't know if anything, don't care if anything are hostile to oil and gas up in Farmington. They honor their heritage and those people, I cannot compliment them enough. It's right on East Main Street, Convention and Visitors Bureau with the museum. Go see it before it disappears. Get up to Farmington. It's only a couple of hours away. Um, and I'm back, Eddie, and I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm, I'm a little darker for my, my pale skin. I got a little sun out there. Uh, I'm a little angry yeah. with you. I just want to let you know oh, coming boy. back into the Kiva. So, uh, uh, I, you know what? I expect to, uh, uh, <clears throat> your next vacation 
may it never be another 20 years because you will be significantly older. So uh, the, the reason, the purpose of life is to experience and live life. You should never come back and say that that's the best vacation you've ever been on. I want every vacation to be the best one. You've deserved it. Good you point. you absolutely earned it. I cannot tell you, I mean, what it feels like to go out and have a great dinner with your family and oh. your friends and living life and enjoying life. And then also missing something that is, might seem rote and mundane, which is this radio show or maybe your your friends, your canine friends, and just being back in New Mexico. And I want to get a little bit more perspective from you because I don't want to waste this opportunity. So many of us, you know, going through the pandemic, going through these, I mean, you, you must have had, you know, those reflections that where you weren't driven by the phone, the laptop and all that. And, you know, what did you come back? What what did you feel? I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to have all the links uh, there on the uh, newfangled, uh, we're going to have everything from Zion to mapping the extent of plurality mar in marriages in St. George from 61 to 80. By the way, admitted back in. We'll also talk about the Las Vegas Aviators on the Rock of Talk chat subscription. Can Canyon de Shea. I didn't even actually know it. Mm. Through Navajo Nation, cut Las Vegas. Chinle, Arizona is where Chinle. Chinle, down a window rock. No to be gay was a big old jock. Oh, I've got all those rhymes. Back after a quick break, we'll get some reflections from down the future. waste this time by not getting you know like you you go to the bottom of the ocean you get the oyster and you want to make sure you don't lose the oyster and you know there's that nice pearl on the inside and oftentimes that's uh what's your takeaway mentally when you do it to recharge regroup uh reflections are so important you know the power of reflection is probably the most important thing to center and recenter sometimes you come back twice the man you used to be there are various uh, write-ups on this, especially when it comes to uh, honing your ability to perform better at work. That's certainly something that we want uh, out of doubt. Uh, Monster.com uh, certainly talks a lot about that. What do you really want to do? What is your really goal, your purpose? Or are you just clocking in? We we talked about that last week. It was uh, very an interesting uh, points uh, to make, I think, in last Wednesdays, how everyone is just sort of, you know, checking out, right? We have the student loan forgiveness. You know, that's not going to sit well with Dow, but everybody just checking out the woke, uh, the, the, the the student loan forgiveness. And on top of that, um, the uh, great, uh, was it resignation, I think is what they call it, where people are just, hey, I don't have to go to work anymore. I don't care about work. I'm not going to show up at work. It's quitting time. You know, quiet quitting is what they're what they're calling it. Dow's coming back and uh, he is certainly probably wants to reflect on a, a few of the or probably did reflect on a few things about you know, hey, how is he, he's not going to do this anymore, but wants to do that. And I think everyone's trying to get away from burnout. So maybe we can learn a little something here after a uh, long-winded uh, vacation that uh, that took too, too much time. It's time to reflect, and it definitely does matter to everybody out there in the workplace. So Dowd, 
some reflection after 20 years and your first vacation in a while, uh, maybe some lessons, some, uh, some new commitments. What do you got? Well, I think maybe the biggest uh, of all is, uh, you know, while I am not a religious person, there's a lot of people of faith who have phrases and perspectives that I think are really, really valuable. And that phrase, uh, there's only one God and you are not him. Uh, it, it is, is, you know, you could say, oh, it's just sort of a throwaway cliche uh, kind of thing. But when you really do probe the depths of that, as I said earlier, I mean, you, you, you step away for seven and a half, eight days. And funny thing, the world just, just keeps on uh, a, a turning. Uh, and uh, it's, it, 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 it teaches you humility. Uh, and I think we all probably in this weird uh, self-absorption culture we have that's now so we're, we're all our own publishers now everybody has their own instagram account you know and it's just right. and, and it's so uh, that was uh the humbling maybe from a world historical perspective uh the other element to not try to inject politics or policy into this eddie but you know i was in we spent our whole time in nevada utah and arizona mm-hmm. and it is different those are different places than New Mexico. And, and I, there's a lot I like about New Mexico. And I took my uh, sister and brother-in-law out for a good New Mexican meal uh, last night. And we were walking the dogs in Corrales this morning. And there's still a lot that I love about New Mexico. But the air is different in a state like Nevada, Utah, and Arizona, which are very different states in many ways, even though they're, they're close to each other. Um, there is a vibrancy uh, you can see it in new construction, but I think you can also see it sort of in the people you meet in, just driving some of these, driving through some of these communities that New Mexico lacks. And I, I, I really, I didn't figure it out until a couple of weeks ago down in Valencia County about how it's very good. And I come from New England where colonial history is a big deal. It's good to honor your history and recognize your history, but I really think in New Mexico, history acts, acts as an anchor more than a foundation. Okay. Interesting. And, and, and I think those states, I mean, we're, having we're gone, caught up in our past rather than thinking of the future, I, which gives more of a negative energy rather than a positive forward looking energy. Is that, that good characterization? Sure. Sure. And okay. going to Southern Utah, we did some history things in Utah LDS community, but of course we went out to Pahrump where I got the, for a mere hundred dollars, ladies and gentlemen, the two volume history of the Yucca Mountain boondoggle, mm. uh, tens of billions of do- your dollars squandered on the Yucca Mountain project, written by a couple of guys who worked for the Department of Energy for 30 years on it. And I love these books, Eddie, because there's almost no graphs. It's just all history of, of the, the boondoggle that was that. And I've, I've been to Yucca Mountain. And of course, we, we're looking at spent nuclear fuel down in, in the southeast portion of this state. So it actually impacts Whip. our lives here. Um, and so uh, it, it is... We did a lot of history and we went out to the Prump Valley Museum and we did some of the LDS history in Utah, but it doesn't seem that, uh, and those people are, are proud of their history. And, and I think it was in Hurricane where they, in Utah, where they, they took them 12 years to just scratch and scrape out a canal to bring water to this area because they knew the soil was good. They knew they would be able to grow citrus and fruit, but they just didn't have consistent water from the Virgin River. And it's, it's these are people who are enormously respectful of their history, as we all should be. But I don't get the sense when you're looking around at new construction, when you're looking around at, uh, you know, low taxes and in the right to work states, you know, they they use their history as a foundation saying uh, people sacrificed here, they built things here, but we're actually going to make things better. In New Mexico, it seems like we can never escape our past. It's, yep. it, it, it's and I don't, cause I'm not a native and I'm not certainly not an 11th generation like Mr. Aragon, but it's, t- you know, it has, it's had to seep through my brain over time. And I'm finally starting to get it on a more fundamental level. It's just the air is different in those states. That, is there a different process of thinking, 
amongst people in those three states versus New Mexico. Absolutely. I just think, yeah. think attitudinally, they honor their past while looking to the future. In New more Mexico, optimistic, more, oh. more um, objective. Uh, would you say that they're more purpose-driven? Oh, absolutely. And, and it, in New Mexico, it's like, well, we, we honor our past, but we never want to really progress or change things as if, you know, we perfected things X number of years ago. And so we're just going to stay where that is. And mm -hmm. I think we all have to, uh, individually, we have to focus on that. You may have had a marriage go south or get fired or business fail, or one of your adult children doesn't talk to you anymore. But when you stay there, there's, there's no growth. Uh, you can acknowledge that reality in your life and you can learn from it and you can move on. I, I just don't think New Mexico is anywhere near. I mean, we looked at the polling so maybe, data. It maybe, doesn't look like we're going to make any political changes in November. So maybe you have some new uh, goals for us, some new uh, commitments maybe. And uh, how does it feel to also, while you're thinking about that, so, uh, the finding yourself out of the news cycle? That's got to feel very liberating, getting out of the news <laughs> cycle on a national basis, but also you know, dealing with the conundrums of drug dependency and uh, negative uh, uh, private business investment in yep, the state of yep. New Mexico and, the, you know, being 50th. Uh, I, I have to imagine just that news cycle itself has got to be very liberating. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the daily murder counts. Uh, we, we, we love Michael and we would never say a bad word about Michael, but uh, it, it can get a little, a little overwhelming. There is a, a, a optimism and positivity in those states that we don't have. And we're kind of in the neighborhood. There's no reason why we don't have to have that. Red, and, red, and soon to be red, Nevada. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot of signs for Mr. Laxalt there, and we'll, we will see how 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 he fares. So again, uh, history as foundation or history as anchor. I think those states truly, and I don't think you could say about Las Vegas maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. They didn't, you know, everything was uh, tear something down and build something new. Las Vegas really is, you know, waking up to its history, and you mm -hmm. have multiple museums there, the yep. Nuclear Testing Museum and the Mob Museum. 2005 was their 100th anniversary. Indeed, indeed, of. indeed. And, and out in Pahrump, it's fascinating, because Pahrump was a rough place, uh, and in some ways maybe still is a little rough, but the little history museum they have out there about the 20 mule team making the borax soap. I bought a book for my father who's used borax soap his whole life and uses it probably 17 times a day on the farm. And I'm sending that back East with my sister uh, tomorrow. Uh, they, they honored their past, but they also were very uh, positive about our community is going to grow and growth is not a bad thing. We're happy that we're growing. It's expected. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and when it doesn't happen, they're shocked. They're not shocked. There's by penalties growth. for people who don't, who get in the way of, uh, or impede any type of real growth and progress. If yes. people aren't making money, they want to blame somebody. Yes. Versus if we're not making money, well, we want to blame Donald Trump yes. here, and, yes. or in any blue state, I should say. Uh, absolutely. And of course, they don't have those huge federal facilities they can just rely on as the ATM that's never going to go away. They had to build something themselves in Utah and, and, and Arizona and, and Nevada. So certainly Southern Nevada uh, and well up in Reno too. So uh, it does. It just it just reorients you, Eddie, and you're 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 on the right, right track here. And um, you know, well, I, I love my well. New Mexico. I love my New Mexico. Things went well for you. Oh, you had a blast. good time. You got totally blast. recharged, and you're ready to improve New Mexico coming back. Maybe that's a lesson for everybody else out there. Is what can you do to improve New Mexico? You yourself, where you're at, and talking to other people about some things about change the way that, hey, maybe the way that we've done things in the past, maybe the way we've voted in the past, maybe the types of industries we've attracted here in the past, maybe, hey, the decision, I don't want to send my children to public school anymore. And, you know, maybe I want to take things in my home. Maybe, maybe I want to start that tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I want to, mm -hmm. you know, do something different. And, and there's nothing unique about the places I was at. We share a lot in common. We have, we're kind of a low 
water uh, community. We're far from the coast. You know, there's there are obviously there are challenges challenges, but these people have found ways ways to make it work without. Uh, being on the federal dole. Uh, just, uh, I know we got a break coming up, Eddie. I am interested, uh, if you were listening in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen, the home of uh, Pink Box, the greatest donut franchise I've ever seen in my life. They opened <laughs> a, a couple okay. days ago in St. George. We were some of the first people at the St. George uh, uh, franchise. Uh, the Fruit Loop uh, donut with Fruit Loops on it. Uh, I cannot there it is. say Pink Box enough, donuts. Pink, wow. Pink Box. Uh, they have one in Henderson. They one on the Strip. I and then their first outside of Vegas uh, is in St. George, Utah. And uh, folks, if you can get to Pink Box, get to Pink Box. <laughs> it looks like they're taking over uh, Taco Cabanas and old Burger Kings and old abandoned uh, yeah. uh, uh, places. And it's literally uh, the best uh, donut in downtown St. George. St. George, one of the fastest growing places. Interesting thing about uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, National Geographic back in 2005 rated it the best outdoors place in the country. Yes, of all places, Las Vegas, Nevada, 24 hours and everything is 100 miles away. No uh, more than three hours. You can hike, you can ski, you can mountain bike, you can golf, you can do absolutely everything. And with the ebbs and the flows of the, the country, that's the way uh, Las Vegas is going and has always been resilient, has always bounced back. Nobody is from Las Vegas, but everybody wants to be. There's some great energy. And I, I know I don't even want to get into the ma marijuana discussion quite yet. Wasn't that bad, Eddie? Wasn't we are going to talk about drugs today. <laughs> and I think, uh, but first, we're going to kick it off with abortion. The journal poll coming out, we'd be uh, you know, remiss if we did not start pointing out that maybe New Mexico isn't as Democrat and against life as we thought. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Well, I'll uh, include all of that uh, in the uh, show notes at the end of the show. Uh, Dows on to bigger and better things, doing some policy papers, hitting out some original content. So be sure you subscribe. Uh, and we're going to be getting that out to a bigger, broader audience. I've figured out a way to finally do it once I start paying attention to everything else. You know, you get busy running for all of these things. Uh, Dow sort of had a Zazobra of his own. You know, that, of course, is the marionette effigy. Uh, constructed of wood, wire, and cotton, built and to burn the annual fire at the Fiestas de Santa Fe. And that'll be uh, this weekend. It embodies the gloom and anxiety by burning it. People destroy the worries and troubles of the previous year in the flames. I think uh, the previous 20, hopefully, Dowd has done some of that and came back uh, a new man. And, you know, we're trying to get rid of 90 years of history of what we've dealt with. Uh, 84 of the 90 years have been controlled in the House by the Democrats, folks. And you have uh, the result right here. This is what you're looking at. And one of those issues and one of the things that we've led the way on is killing babies. I hate to say it, but uh, that's the way I'm going to go ahead and, and phrase it. We are the third term, uh, late term abortion capital of the world. Uh, they shut it down in Mississippi. Well, they shut down most things in Mississippi. And then they end up coming here to the state of New Mexico where uh, evil thrives. Hard to believe in the uh, city of faith, the Santa Fe Demon High School as well. Uh, you know, this is where the battle between good and evil truly is happening. And I think at the core of that is, you know, conception, at what point is a life a life and where do we celebrate and how do we celebrate it? You know, so many people have gender reveal parties. I can't believe they even have that any longer, given the current uh, world that we live in, where uh, a child should be able to, I guess, go ahead and decide what gender they're going to be at three, four, five years of age. Uh, I was watching something very funny on 
on uh, <clears throat> TikTok. I'm on that quite a bit now. I'm learning a lot from uh, old TikTok, but uh, you can find me at Rock of Talk, at Rock of Talk on TikTok. We'll be putting more videos there as uh, I get caught up. But in the front page of the Albuquerque Journal poll that came out today, some surprising news and some exciting news. Uh, I was just talking with uh, uh, doubt about this, and maybe it's not just as the Democrats have seen. Because the journal poll that has come out, New Mexico voters divided on abortion restrictions. And here's what I paid attention to immediately, is the fact that it should be illegal for more people than, say, it should be legal. 37% in some form or fashion say that it should be illegal. It should be illegal except for rape, incest, or to save a mother's life, or it should always be illegal. That's the plurality in this poll. 37%. Had to shock our governor. Yeah. Uh, not only that, maybe it, it'll uh, jumpstart Mark Ronchetti's because you had an additional 22% of the independents straddling, you know, sort of straddling the line, so to speak. It should be legal with some limitations. I don't know that that is very different than it should be illegal except for rape, incest, or save a mother's life. <laughs> where, and where, where does that break down in that statement? Yeah. There's no way you can whittle down that particular thing. So, they say that abortion wasn't an issue, and I think now it becomes a conservative battle cry for Mark Ronchetti, hopefully, hopefully, instead of him getting bullied by saying, well, maybe we shouldn't uh, make it such an issue, or letting the Joe Monahans or the bloggers, like, this is a small percentage, two-thirds, two-thirds believe that they're in some way, some form, some fashion, it should be limited. Two-thirds think that abortion should be limited. That's the better way to look at this. If two-thirds need to be limited, then Mark Ronchetti is your guy. He has the answer because he's come out with the 15 weeks. And don't ask me my personal opinion. This isn't about my opinion. And it's not about your opinion. It's about how this plays out politically and why it's important for the Republicans to jump on board with this. There should be a news release about this today. Did you see one? Did Mike Curtis generate one? No, I didn't see one. 518 statewide voter survey said abortion should always be legal. Only 35%. That tells me 65% think it should be impacted in some way. Limited, illegal, or illegal in the case uh, with the exception of rape incest. That's big. I think they sort of overshot themselves at this point. I think that's the way it looks for me. I don't know how it looks for you, but if my read is correct and I think I feel pretty good about it, this is this is something that you run with. Here's <clears throat> here's what's really interesting is when you get into different parts of the state. And Mark Ronchetti opened up an office in Española, New Mexico. Why? What? Why? <laughs> what the hell's in Española? <laughs> well, you look at the uh, Northwest and the North Central. This is really good here, folks. 54% think that abortion should be limited. That's a majority. Yeah, let, let's let's go ahead and look at the Albuquerque metro area. Oh, this is even this is even more interesting. It, doubt. I I can't even believe I'm I, with all the abortions that we have here? Are you kidding me? 60%, 6 and 10 think that abortions should be limited. The Democrats think that we should have unlimited abortions. 
And then, of course, you got the east side of the state. Oh, don't even worry about it there. It's all over but the crying at that point. You're looking uh, there uh, north of 72%. And, of course, we know Las Cruces in the southwest. You know, that's, that, that's where it reigns supreme. 50-50. That's where the fight is going to be. And I think spells a little bit of trouble here for Yvette Harold out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, as you said, Ron Ketty, I mean, the attempt to pass, uh, to, to portray Ron Ketty as some sort of extremist, an interesting ad. Now, political consultants are, t- are terrified of social issues and wedge issues. They don't want to ever run ads on that. They just want to have fluffies and bunny, fluffy flowers and bunnies and everything. And here's my wife and kids. But if abortion really is looking like a real issue in this campaign, I don't know that it would be all that extreme for a, a Ronchetti's team to have Ronchetti simple ad governor fewer than one quarter of the people in New Mexico agree with your extremist position on abortion, always legal all the time. Who's the real extremist governor? Uh, if it comes to that, I think you could cut a really good ad on that and, well, and move some people's thoughts. 46% in the minority for uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, 40% in the North, 40% in the East side. And then in the Albuquerque Metro area, uh, you're looking at uh, 40%. She's in the negatives on this. If you stress this as an issue and you straddle the lines, America's fight over abortions should have conservatives fired up here in the state of New Mexico. A call to action, the economist writes, the United States change in share of new voter registrations who are women percentage points before and after the leak of the publication of the ruling in Dobbs. What do you got? In Arizona? Oh, wow. It's an increased number. Why? They got blue people moving in like crazy. Oregon, Montana, it's actually more Republicans registering. And then there's a lot of no data in that new voter registration that's going on. But this should actually activate the conservatives, I think, throughout the Albuquerque metro area, the west side of the, excuse me, the east side of the state, and northern New Mexico. And I think it does spell a little bit of trouble for Yvette Harrell, 550-5500, that's 550-5500, especially in light of some of these, you know, ridiculous ads that we've seen. I doubt, I'm not sure. I, I know you. some of the things that you've missed is Michelle Lujan Grisham kissing her quote-unquote husband uh, there as he drives up north, remember, for his auto shop that's never shut down. No word on whether or not uh, Manny is working on electric vehicles. I, I would think not, given his uh, wrench and his setup and, and where his little shop. I heard the governor... <laughs> Had a positive test for something while I was gone? Yes, she got infected with the COVID. Uh, Yeah, I believe uh, five days, which was last Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. She should be coming out of quarantine today if she is adhering to the CDC Mm, guidelines. Should be. No thoughts about or no no no, no mention of whether or not she's already out and campaigning. But uh, there you go. So uh, one of the things that is a takeaway of this is you have the weirdo libertarian candidate. Uh, Remember, she failed to garner enough votes there. She came in third in the Republicans. Now she's running as a libertarian. Uh, Dowd's a small L libertarian, uh, you know, and she's running as a pro-life libertarian. One of the things that libertarians really just don't care enough about, generally speaking, if they want to be true libertarians, is that freedom, the freedom to do whatever you want. And, and this is not, a, this this tells me right here that Karen Bedoni is not a libertarian. So uh, mm-hmm. there you go. It's sad but true. Most most philosophical libertarians are are pretty uh, comfortable with abortion. I am not one of them. Yeah. Uh, this week, Randall Lindsey Graham was on Fox claiming that if Trump is indicted, there will be riots in the streets. No, there will not. It's because of the nature of the Republican voter. 
It's so mealy. You ever think that we're going to go protest once they arrest Donald Trump? I mean, I would be down there for sure. No, no doubt about it. We're going to go down to the courthouse and march on downtown, march on the city council, march on the New Mexico Supreme, whatever, right? No, that's not going to happen. I mean, something happens with uh, we decided to go ahead and release the educational commitments by way of forgiving the loans. And the kids are out there rioting right in front of the White House, celebrating, spiking the football. And don't tell me it's because you're too darn busy. Patriots will never go right. That's exactly right. Yeah, driving and texting at stoplights is made for good writing. Who did the poll, though? Uh, research and polling. I'm from New England, too. Doubt. I feel the opposite. I don't think the average New Mexican grasp of history of New Mexico. I've never gotten the sense about that. They are so much about where the state has been. Doing the same thing over and over again doesn't correlate to history. Just mm. laziness to think outside the box or to think at all. I learned that I can only rely on God's strength. God is infinitely tall and stands behind me. That gives me poise, confidence, and security in my work life. Oh, I love that. Great, great reflection. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I really do. Uh, New Mexico just isn't hip. Um, I guess that's one way to think about that. Well, Dowd, please give us the address for the oil and gas exhibit. He'll be looking at that up. Oh, I've been getting, uh, we had a great electronic vehicle conversation. You do see a lot of EVs out in uh, Nevada and certainly a lot of EVs out in Arizona. A lot fewer than I see in Santa Fe and Corrales, I would say. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's good to hear. I'm glad that you can see that. That'll give you the oil and gas uh, connection so you guys can go and uh, check that out. And uh, Greg Snyder's going to be back in studio next week. So looking forward to catching up with him given this uh, sort of inflationary period and some stress in the economy. Back after a quick break here at the Kiva. Well, I told you they're getting out some information. Ron Ketty has got something called the Ron Ketty Report. I didn't receive it. Eddie Aragon got the stone cold diss. I guess no, I'm only kidding. Uh, like those guys, I want Ron Ketty to win. Everybody knows that, and you know, I just don't want Michelle Lujan Grisham to, you know, be in the governor's mansion. Not, not none of us do. I think listening today can I think we can all agree that that's something that we don't want. So there are certain things that have to happen. Unfortunately, the Republicans and the campaign right now aren't doing the right things, in my opinion. So I'm going to give you my opinion and uh, see kind of where you're at with that, because I don't know. Dad, do you think I know a little something about politics? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. a thing or two from yeah, this past. We might, we might know a little, one, one or two things. I'm not really sure. So um, let me tell you one thing. One of the mistakes that Manny made during the campaign which is, well, I thought he was going to drop out. What well, One, you got to be legal. All right. I mean, come on. We're not going to fake signatures. Hey, Manny, you're a lawmaker, not a lawbreaker, no, bro. No, he was uh, break, breaking the law, breaking the law. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go ad hominem during a debate. Mm. And you definitely don't want to do it in a campaign. Right now, the attacks against Michelle Lujan Grisham are all ad hominem. Wagyu beef, she's out of state, oh, she's having it. Like, nobody cares about that stuff. She knows it. She's got her fan club. She's got all this stuff. You can say everything. Why not just be a talk show host? Maybe that's what everyone's looking to do. Maybe every just one just wants to say a bunch of bad things. Well, you don't want to run your campaign like Eddie Aragon, okay? When I ran my camp, like Eddie Aragon's t- talk show, 
You want to run like Eddie Aragon ran his campaign. You want to inspire. You want to give people a different vision. You want to make people believe. One of the things you don't do is go ad hominem. Okay? You don't come up with attack ads. When you do do attack ads, you make them really funny. (laughs) Really funny. Right? I literally made fun of Manny by making his own attack ads about him. Him saying really terrible things and then turning that on him. I didn't even have to say anything. I never said one negative thing during the campaign. I don't even really have to hit Tim Keller that hard. It was like, well, you here's exhibit A of stupid. Here's your mayor. Here's exhibit B of stupid. Here's your, here's your sheriff. I'm like, here I am. And one fifth of you voted for me. Well, either you did. And I got every other vote of every person who knew something for me. So if we got into a runoff, ostensibly I would have won right now, the Ron Ketty campaign, their lead off in the Ron Ketty report, which should be all about wonderful things about Mark Ron Ketty. That's all I want to hear. I just want to hear how about this man is going to go ahead and make this a better state. That's not a very hard, t- uh, not a very hard story to tell, by the way, if he's going to go up there and stand in front of a map and talk about, and I don't want to hear about political polls, mm. New Mexico moves from lean D to toss up. I don't care. That doesn't tell me anything. Oh, we're in the race. Well, I, I guess we're in the race. That would be the important thing. So I don't want to see any ad hominem. I don't want to see anything having to do with, hey, we're in a toss-up. Look at the political pundits. Nobody wants to hear that. Joe Monahan wants to hear that. He, oh, yeah, Joe. He's, he's not a soccer Screw mom. Joe. In the I'm so tired of it. I can't even get through five sentences of his crap. That horse race, fundraising, oh my gosh. He is, stuff. He is angling real. so hard for Michelle Lujan Grisham. It's oh. disgusting. Okay? So then you get this little thing, blah, 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 how to help. Okay, all right, cool. All right, if I... And then I do not want to see a bunch of pictures of people sitting at events staring at Ron Ketty. That's not what I want to see. I want to see Ron Ketty out on the range, Ron Ketty doing something with his family. I don't want to see him talking to large groups of people. Or in this case, well, I can count the number of heads. Backyard, sunsets, rich people's houses. No! Stop! Please stop this. Mm-hmm. It's not about parties and, hey, look who gets to hang out with Mark Ronchetti. Mark Ronchetti's too busy to be hanging out, hugging, and slapping high fives. He's got a, a state to change. Not, hey, where did he get, get his latest hot dog at? I don't care. Did you ever see me say, well, here's Eddie Aragon. This, now I'm like, I walked in. It's like, I'm, a bunch of, I'm with a bunch of people I don't really care that much about because they're probably not going to vote for me anyway. My voters are out there on the streets. They're downtown. One thing Jay Block got right, he got everything else wrong. He went full ad hominem on everybody, including his own party. That's going to lose you support 110% of the time. Zanetti was great. Problem with Zanetti is he's a, a, not an effective communicator. He's great when he's with me because I can communicate his, his points, state and restate, and people like listening to my voice. With, Mark, with, with, with Greg Zanetti, you're kind of like, well, it's just you didn't feel the charisma. You didn't feel the movement. You didn't feel like the... The energy that you needed, right? And then you had, I don't even know what else. I, and Rebecca Dow, just bold-faced lies. After bold-faced lies, we have something that's marketable. Sell him doing something great. I don't want to hear about Michelle Lujan Grisham. Any more than you want me to talk about a Karen Bedoni, whatever a Karen Bedoni is. So I go and I look at the Republican Party of New Mexico. Steve Pierce, please, for the love of God, help Mark Ronchetti. A little tiny blurb in the RPNM weekly roundup is not helping him. 
You need to be out at every single event talking about how, why Mark Ronchetti needs, he needs to be like the best example of everything you, I don't care how much it kills you. This isn't about your legacy or your ego or anything else. This is about making sure Mark Ronchetti is the next governor of the state of New Mexico. How do you do that? Show up with him at every single event where you can do. Bring both sides of the party together. Tell people what you're doing. Throw as much money as you can. Max out your donations. Tell everybody that you are getting behind Mark Ronchetti. To the point where I'm like, this is weird. Is he in love with Mark Ronchetti? Yes, he better be. Because <laughs> the opposite of that is, well, I guess you want another four years of Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, Eddie, they just quickly, they did. Sure. Uh, their party did get a press release out today. Okay. The first one in eight days. Uh, issuing a statement on the passing of the oh. former New Mexico House chief clerk, something that the average voter in suburbia can can relate to directly. Yes. Who is that? Who is that person? I don't even know what a chief clerk is or the guy's name. And who the hell cares? With all, with all due respect to the family and everything, it has nothing to do with politics. I doubt he wants to be remembered as someone who gave his life for the fight for conservatism in the state of New Mexico. Nobody cares. 30-year state employee. You know, wow. Maybe, maybe you focus on some other agenda. How about his life, his family? Like, <laughs> how many times did he come home? And he's like, God, I hate politics. <laughs> uh, Eddie, one thing, in, in light of the school choice victories yeah. that we are rack, racking up in state after state after state. Yes. Uh, ad, for, ad for Ron Ketty, South Valley of Albuquerque. Yeah. This is little Sophia. She goes to a crap school. There we As go. your there governor, go. I will sign the most sweeping school choice bill in Pow. the country to help little kids <sighs> like Sophia. Pow. McCleskey, That's listen to me. I'm fighting not... all day long. Listen, Just slam listen, it. Listen. Show me the beautiful weatherman, baby. Make it rain. Please. I want to hear about how Mark Ronchetti walks on water, is going to bring the state back from the dead, and what he's doing. And I want to hear, remember all those stupid Michelle Lujan Grisham commercials? She's on rollerblades. She's on the top of towers. Like, unfortunately, that's what the low information voter wants to see. Make it happen. They want to hear a story down to earth. He's there with people, you know, hugging. The, you know, find the dirtiest, craziest place with, with people who are really poor, Okay. And see if that, that can be relatable in a television commercial. If you can make that happen, that's your next governor. See, that's what Michelle Lujan Grisham has, unfortunately. Okay? She has this crazy fandom that is behind her that is nonstop. And the Republican Party's hanging out, and they're talking about how illegals shouldn't practice law. They've been, illegals have been practicing law in California for the last 15 years. Oh. Big white Evil Republican Steve Pierce doesn't want doesn't like illegal immigrants. Like that's what you got. Okay, I I am totally on board with what Steve Pierce is saying. I 100% agree. It's all about perception. Do not go ad hominem. Do not show pictures of regular stupid Republicans hanging out with Mark Ronchetti. I want to see him with people that are and 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 you know the and McCluskey's getting everything else right keeping his distance from everybody in the Republican yep, party. That's, that's a good one. Stay away from people in the Republican party. Like as far away, stay away from me as, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Cause I translate as some sort of Republican yet. The Republican party wants nothing to do with me. Okay. Stay away from Eddie. That's fine. Cause he's a Trumper or he's, he's, he's a crazy right wing. I'm fine with that. If it makes Ron, Mark Ronchetti win, win, just win baby. That's all I want. Okay. But you gotta be relatable and you cannot attack ad hominem. Attack on policy that what and make sure what it translates. And this is ridiculous here. Um, 
This is all I, I get from RPNM. Ronchetti promotes sensible tax cuts and new limits on unemployment insurance. Whoa, whoa. Groundbreaking. Earth shattering. There's nothing here attacking Michelle Lujan Grisham until the very end. And all it says is land of the last. Michelle Lujan Grisham. They're laughing at us, folks. They are absolutely laughing at us. We've got to inspire. We've got to lead. We've got to provide a new vision. And Mark Ronchetti would do a heck of a lot better. Uh, Ronchetti talking to family members and victims of repeat offenders. Perfect. That's a great thing. Oh, take, get those hundred families. Mark Ronchetti, step out in front of them, start interviewing them, ask him what's going on. What happened in your situation? What didn't the governor do? How many times have you called 911? Uh, talk about the drug abuse problem, fentanyl, homelessness, right? Relate the two, cram them together. That's, that's where it needs to be. And I got this from my friend and I was like, this is good. Outline a plan. What did I do? I, I, I had a plan, the five, anybody remember those? Yeah, the five C's, right? And you hit it and you made it tangible. You made it relatable so that people could go after them. Commerce, corruption, crime, right? These are the things that we've talked about. And they went with the voter to the polls. I'm surprised we didn't do more than what we did, but we actually had a plan. Hour one in the books, hour two, just for you here in the ABQ when we return. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am coming at you from the ABQ, where we are steeped in blue. Uh, no thanks to the people who think they have all the answers uh, out there. Hey, get out there. Decide that you're going to do something that you don't. You don't want to. I've had enough, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Roku, DVD, Amazon, Fire, Apple TV, Podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and my favorite, Audible. Hopefully you're jumping on that and reading with your ears. I can see it with my ears, like Marco Rubio, Jenny, ears. Apps, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and support uh, my good friend uh, D-Dowd Muska and back, the uh, now half-centarian back here, full power, full bore after reflecting and uh, not having to deflect anything, but just focusing uh, on the future. What will the next 50 years bring for the Dow 3000? Dow, good afternoon. How are you? Anything like the first two weeks of being 50, uh, I've had nothing but good things happen to me. Uh, People reached out, uh, sent presents and kind wishes, and I did a a tour of the Southwest with the the sister and brother-in-law. I feel a little sad because I I last see them tonight. I'm going to check out a little early tonight. We're going to go get some ice cream cones, and then they are flying to the east, but we are laying plans for the June trip. We're all going to go for the nephew's high school graduation in June. And then we are road tripping it back road to tripping. Albuquerque all from right. Connecticut. It's going to be amazing. And my brother-in-law, the Scotsman, I suggested Graceland, and he wants to stop at Graceland. So that that, that may happen. Uh, just to answer instant, yes, instant uh, customer service for our listeners, folks, the Farmington Museum is located within the Convention and Visitors Bureau in the great uh, city of Farmington, New Mexico, up in San Juan County, up in the Four Corners part of our state. It is located at 3041 East Main Street. The museum is open uh, Monday through Saturday, six days a week, 10 a.m. to 5. It is closed on Sunday. The exhibit you want to see is called Built by Gas. They would be uh, more than happy to uh, direct you 
uh, in the right direction. And what I really like, Eddie, about it is it has a timeline. And I've seen a couple of museums like this where you walk along the ground, you put your your boots or your sneakers uh, on the ground and they show you date by date. And it's kind of like a hopscotch thing. You can follow along the history of, of oil and gas in the San Juan uh, Basin. And what my sister really liked was they stopped to highlight this was the first boom because in commodities, uh, places where you produce commodities, you know, there is kind of a boom and bust cycle. Uh, the first boom and why there was the first boom, the second boom and why there was a second okay. boom. They, they walk okay. you through the historical events that, that, that precipitated that second, third, fourth boom. Uh, great, great folks up there. It's the Convention of Visitors Bureau where the Farmington Museum is ha- uh, housed within this larger municipal complex. And I am keeping my commitment to the lady behind the desk and giving a free ad. Uh, 3041 East Main Street, Farmington. You can find them online. Just search Farmington Museum. And the, again, the exhibit is built by gas. All right. There we go. Uh, 100 years happy, uh, 100 years to gas and oil. Anything from Nemoga? Did you happen to check their website? See if they had, uh, you know, celebrated 100 years? I don't think so, Eddie, because I wrote, I wrote my piece, uh, and it, it's uh, October. I wrote it in October of last year on rockettalk.chat, and that's another reason you should subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. I believe we were the only statewide entity. There was an article in the Farmington Daily Times paper that highlighted, that brought my attention to it. So the local paper covered it, and then we sent it out statewide. But, Eddie, I searched and searched and searched, and I couldn't find anybody talking about this historic, I think it was October 21st, of 1922 uh no 1921 because it was last fall uh and 100 years 100 years of the private sector oil and gas industry in our state and of course you go up to san juan county you see a lot of those rigs up there and a lot at the hotel the holiday express the other night we had a lot of tool pushers there guys with you know coming in from iowa texas because you know natural gas has been trending upward lately and so that means employment in our state don't uh, don't tell lonely girl because she would want to destroy it so we won't we're not going to tell her about that (laughs) Well, she's not going to be able to destroy it very much. She's a powerless uh, individual. She just does whatever That's her club wants to do. What, what do you call the liberal well, country club? I don't know what the liberal country club is. Well, Mike Huckabee was here in um, in New Mexico helping out, uh, oh. as I stated before, before Yvette Harold down south. Yeah, you didn't know, and it was down south, and nobody really cared. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi is going to be throwing uh, a party over at Randy McGinn's house, according to you know, Joe Monahan. I'm sure he's not going to be there, right? Uh, 82-year-old Nancy Pelosi is there. And I think we're sick of her. You know, I I, I was uh, done with her the moment I saw her rip that uh, that, that speech that Donald Trump, which is the greatest uh, speech in the history of all speeches given on the floor of the House. Uh, uh, it would go down that way if we were within our right minds and, you know, Rush Limbaugh getting the, uh, what, what, what do you call that? It was the Congressional Medal of Honor or? Well, no, it wasn't the Medal of Honor. What, what was it? Medal of Freedom. Sorry. Medal of Freedom. I apologize to any military That's out the there. highest civilian honor in America. Yeah. And just, you know, less than a month later, they're taking down our entire country and we lose uh, Russia on February 18th of the following year, 2021. So Donald Trump is every man. Like, I think we can say that. He's you, he's me, he's everybody. The difference is, is the media has done a good job, and I'm going to say that again, tar and feathering him, and he's the rich guy that's unrelatable, and you should hate him because he has money. That's essentially every single philosophy from Black Lives Matter to LGBTQ to, you know, like everything is built around the fact that he was the richest president that ever went into office, and they've been easy to go ahead and take him out. He's a self-made man several times over, in fact. Now, what we know is that there's a huge raid that happened on August the 8th, okay? It looks like at this point, there will be no more probes. 
And if there are probes and he does get indicted, then it's only going to help Donald Trump's popularity. Okay. I think we can safely say at this point, he is, regardless of what they're saying currently today within this, this new cycle, oh, Donald Trump, he's done. Ann Coulter's coming out. He's done. He's not done. Ann Coulter was right before saying that he is going to be your guy. She is wrong now in saying that he's done. Because now the Republicans might finally have their victim. Yes, and Donald Trump might be the everyman. That's what the Democrats have been really good about, rallying around the victim, whether it's somebody killed on the streets in New York or Minnesota or wherever it happens to be, right? That's what they've done. Mike Huckabee was down south. He came uh, and, and talked about how we need to change our messaging. The polls that are out there are indicating that the House may not be such a cinch. I don't believe these polls. I think they're crap polls. I still think that, you know, you know we've got the gavel uh, come November, the day after the elections on the 8th. Okay, I think we've got the gavel. I think that there's a chance, though it's a 16% chance based upon 538. I think that's a suppression poll. I think Oz, despite the fact that he's not the Republican I want, he still has an R next to his name. I think that he's going to be uh, Fetterman, who likely got a stroke because he probably got the chop. Right, no doubt about it. <laughs> speaking and of also, it, speaking it, of Fetterman, he also got. Uh, I think as recently as 2015, uh, th- this man of the people in one year got fifty four thousand dollars from mommy and daddy. Oh, I wow. think he was well into his forties by then. He uh, bought his house for a buck. Yeah, oh yeah, from yeah. the sister. Yes, yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, sister. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So here we go. Huckabee says, I do think that Republicans have got to step it up when it comes to messaging. We've got to speak to the Waffle House, not to the country club. Hear that, okay? Piggybacking on my previous uh, uh, rant on what we need to do a little bit differently. If we do that, we win big. If we don't do that, it could be a much closer election, and it shouldn't be. Remember, his daughter's running for uh, governor of Arkansas. She should win and likely will win based upon uh, some of the polls that are coming out. So here's what... Here's the way that this kind of looks going. If every man is getting invaded, right, by the FBI, by the three-letter agency, okay, and we have this new movie that's coming out on Hunter Biden. I can't wait to watch it on September the 7th. I think that's going to tilt things a little bit more in our favor, and I think it becomes more even playing field. Right now, I don't think it matters up until we get to Labor Day. Once Labor Day comes uh, through, I think it's a brand new ball game, even for our own guys, right from the top to the bottom. Now, um, they're voting along party lines in those surveys that you saw in the Albuquerque Journal that I went over yesterday. AG, treasurer, land commissioner, you know, all the rest of the, the AG is literally 40, 4933. <laughs> it's exactly what the voter registrations uh, are like. So I want to talk more about the central issue that if the FBI instead of keeping you safe from fentanyl and cartels and crime and the Hunter Bidens of the world and corruption and all that, why crime has absolutely exploded on Joe Biden's watch and why that's going to matter, but only going to matter if we can actually keep accurate stats. And you know where we are on that. We don't have any scanners. Back after a quick break here in the keynote. Swing into the music. Swing into the music. Everything I wish I didn't know. Let me see here at Nikiva. All right, crime 
exploding, not looking good. But the media is running their interference, making it seem like you know, Joe Biden is saving the day. His popularity is going up. I shouldn't say popularity. His approval rating. It's not popularity. He's not popular. At 43%. This is what I don't get about Michelle Lohan Grisham. Her, 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 her popularity, her approval rating is the same as Joe Biden's. The state of New Mexico. Yet you see this poll, 518 people sample, it says 47%. This is why I think that, you know, it didn't make sense to me. And I went there yesterday. It looks like uh, the conservative New Mexican uh, echoed my sentiments. They just it took a lot longer to write it out. So it's all there. Um, check out conservative New Mexican. Cool guy. All right. Record highs. Murders in U.S. cities were near record highs in 21. Uh, they were record highs first in Albuquerque. We surpassed our number by August 8th. The local news is lying to you. Well, there's only 79 murders. Oh, there's only 86 murders. And we're at 103 murders, folks. Okay. How is it that we had a surge of killings during the pandemic? Okay. Well, it happens to do with a lot with St. George uh, fentanyl, right? Let's not forget that. Uh, that has a lot to do. Oh, keep your hands off. We get listed in the first, first line of this. Several cities set new records for murders last year. Philadelphia, Albuquerque, New Mexico had their deadliest years on records. You realize we're one of the top 50 cities in the world on a per capita basis. We're, we're at nearly 30 per 100,000. 30 per 100,000 here in the city of Albuquerque. Nobody's talking about it. Why are, is nobody talking about it? It's like a byline. We talk about the other issues. We talk about all the good things. And also everyone's cheery. They're showing people the markets and the fall and the pumpkins and the harvest and the, the Zobra and the wine festivals and all the crap. Your city is dying here. Under the leaders, homelessness. Oh, well, you know, he came out and we, we, we got to have those safe spaces. I told you. Now you're going to have an explosion of that all over the city. Brooke Bassan was not able to put the proverbial cat out in the bag, uh, by the way, Dowd. Uh, Tim Keller came out and said, nope, nope, you guys already approved it. We're going to keep it on the book. This is the problem when you get it through city council to get it approved. Oh, she's going to get blamed for that. Is Brooke Bassan still a mom, by the she way? She is still a mother. Okay, yes, I've been believe it or not, yes, still a mother. Yeah, okay. yep. It's the last time I checked. There's been an assault on private citizens. There's been assault on law. There's been an assault on law enforcement. Ambushed, a 200% increase. Cops who did not come home. The FBI can honor them all they want. Director Ray can honor them all they want. Are they doing anything about it? Total number of officers feloniously killed in the line of duty in 2021, 73, the highest number since the 9-11 attacks, all last year. You can't blame APD for not doing their job. I mean, they're so backlogged, they can never get to this stuff. They just file reports. The police, uh, the police's rogue prosecutors are implementing are having deadly consequences. The policies, excuse me, rogue prosecutors are implementing having deadly consequences. If criminals don't care about shooting police officers, what will they do to law-abiding citizens? 364 police officers have been shot last year. Ambush attacks are up 115% from 2020. Who'd want to be a police officer? Where's the law enforcement in this election? Oh, wait, they got a raise. That's right. Shut up. Shut up. You got 8% raise. Shut up, state police, black angels, our men in blue, the thin blue line. I don't care about stuff. I care about their pay, right? 
if all you hear about the police officers is talking about, well, we didn't get a raise, and then they finally got a raise, and when it comes time to election, you better shut up. You better shut up. That's what they're doing. How are they not out in force with, with, with Mark Ronchetti at this point? Don't they want us a safer community, or is the pay more important? <laughs> well, are they responding? Here's the, here's the quick litmus test for that. Are they responding any quicker to your 911 calls? Of course they're not. Do they actually care? No. Because we have communicated as a blue city that we do not care about them. Why would they care about you if you don't care about them? Buy them all the breakfast, lunch, and dinners as you want. It's not going to make them go any faster. Their hands are tied. They don't have the weapons. They're dealing with cartels, the Sinaloa. Let's talk about fentanyl and just how you know bad it is. Okay. This should have a direct impact on elections when you're talking to Main Street USA, when you're talking to, as Huckabee put it, the Waffle House crowd, to the regular people, okay? We've identified the problem. We know what the problem is. The problem is, is the media, as I told you, if they don't amplify it and start talking about it and how bad it is during an election year, they're politicizing it by ignoring it. How else are they ignoring it? Well, we're not allowed to have scanners. So I've started to going to crime mapping, okay? We're in the, the, the process of trying to find a way to join the lawsuit with 4713, anybody else who has access to a scanner. We need those scanners. Why is law enforcement focused on politicians when they need to be focused on the criminal element out there? Why are we hearing so much about Trump instead of all of the actual criminals that are out there and the bad things or, or, or everything's a chamber of commerce moment? Why are we hearing more about Hunter Biden? We're not trying to equivocate anything here because there's nothing to equivocate. We've got an entire laptop full of crimes and corruption. And you know what you want from your GOP? You know what you want from Republicans? You want a fighter. Remember, fight for 505. You, you want a fighter. You want someone who's going to fight back. Now, is, fight, is fighting back demeaning going ad hominem on your opponents? No. What it is, is calling attention to the real problem, to the real issue, to the point where they can't be let go. All this was brought up at a certain point. September 7th is a launch date for the Hunter Biden, my son, Hunter. Can't wait to watch that. Back in April, House Judiciary Committee Republicans are demanding that 51 former intelligence operatives divulge information about their 2020 statement that documents from Hunter Biden's laptop could be Russian disinformation. Any single time something is singled out, and it says 51 former intelligence operatives. Whoa, that tells me I get to go through names and a treasure trove. And I'm like, okay, we know that the Hunter Biden laptop was dropped where? The FBI office in the city of Albuquerque. Why? why, why? <laughs> it turns out, folks, that we have several intelligence officers here. Spies who lie. The very head of all that is a man who just... Uh, got pulled into the highest levels of intelligence and Joe Biden, the one who tried to say that all this stuff was disinformation. And we have local connections as well, folks. Yes, we do. I'm like, what? We actually have people here in New Mexico who are intelligence officers who turned their head on this? Yeah, they're CIA operatives. Retired CIA operatives. Well-spoken CIA operatives, but avowed liberals. People who are just out in front, you know, what are they still doing? Why are they still involved if they're, quote, unquote, not involved? Are they trying to settle the score? What exactly are they trying to do? 
Emil Nakale, former director of CIA's Political Islam Strategic Analysis Program, now at the University of New Mexico. I have not seen any information since that would alter the decision behind citing the letter. That's all I go. I can go into. The whole issue is highly politicized, and I don't want to deal with that. I still stand by that letter. Standing by that very letter, wow. by the way, is in and, in and of itself very highly politicized. These are people who peddled online disinformation to sway an election. We're going to get to back into the Zuckerberg stuff. I, I totally took that apart last week. And Zuckerberg's at the front of all this. And where do these guys like to play? They like to play on Facebook, Emil, and Twitter. We have a former CIA, retired CIA uh, here amongst us who has a, a very busy Twitter account, Jeremy uh, no, that's Jeremy Bash. Sorry. That's the other one. That's the, that's the one that's part of the, um, group. I was looking through this guy's Twitter account last night and he has a real hate for Republicans period. I'm like, Whoa, should you be intelligence if you have that much political hate or political interest in, in anything? I mean, really you're, you're working on it. Might part bias of, you a little bit. Maybe yeah, I would, I would think so, but boy, doubt, I gotta say, you gotta, you gotta take a look at this guy's, um, what's his last name? I'm, I'm getting to it. I, Oh, Doug Wise. Doug Wise, former Defense Intelligence Agency Deputy Director, teaches at the University of New Mexico, didn't respond uh, to the inquiries from the New York Post. They did not comment on the post-Hunter Biden story. Refused to comment on it. Didn't respond. Doug Wise, Douglas Wise, I think is what he goes by on Twitter, also here, teaches at the University of New Mexico. Now, I worked at the DOE by way of the Dudley Wynn Honor Society back in the day and had some fun until it got, in my opinion, pretty political. This quote-unquote nonpartisan group of top spies looking out for the best interests of the nation? I think not. Okay, James Clapper, right, the uh, Arabic-speaking uh, head, former head of the CIA. What did uh, Donald Trump do? Well, he relieved him of his duties. And I think he also revoked his uh, his pass for all of the Top secret information. October 19th, 2020, five days after the Post published its first story, neither Joe Biden nor Hunter Biden had denied the story. They simply deflected questions. Security experts think that if this was disinformation, the Biden campaign would have yelled to the heavens that the story was false. They did not. The letter was ad advertised as being signed by the people who work for presidents of both political parties. The majority of the officials were Democrats. Politico picked up the letter and ran the false headline, Hunter Biden's story is disinfo. Dozens of former Intel officials say the headline is still online today, even though the letter clearly says they don't know if it's quote-unquote Russian disinformation. We're going to pick it up there when we return, talk a little bit more about it, and uh, talk about how this is really, in, in many ways, voter suppression. When you can keep what is the truth away from people, and when you can get it squashed by the likes of Twitter, you heard what uh, Zuckerberg had to say that, and Facebook, as the FBI runs directly to them to tell them, hey, it's misinformation, it's bad. Back after a quick break. Here in the Kiva. Uh, what was that? Two weeks before the election when 
the information came out on the laptop, all the intelligence agencies can do is just squash it, squash it, squash it. All 51 of these guys came out and said, hey, why, why, why'd, you, why'd, why'd you do that? New York Post asked, why'd you guys do that? You knew that it was true. I mean, this is all starting to come out now. I mean, Zuckerberg said that uh, you guys showed up, or the FBI did. Other people said the CIA was involved. I mean, now we got Jeremy Bash involved in the intelligence ring of the uh, the Biden administration. He will literally do anything Joe Biden tells him to do twice on Sunday. Okay, so these are names that you have to become uh, more familiar with. I'm just becoming Doug Wise, Jeremy Bash, and... Uh, Head of the Islamic Center, is that what it is, uh, Dowd? I forget what it was. So you've got some information that you came across real quick, Dowd. Yeah, it's fascinating, Andy. New Mexico uh, is not a major part of the country, 330-plus million people here. We only have barely uh, 2 million. Uh, the idea that there are multiple names on that uh, letter of, uh, of, of great shame, uh, these people running their mouth about something they knew nothing about uh, and helping Joe Biden. In 2019, the Albuquerque Journal reported that the CIA, uh, they called it America's premier spy agency. I think, I think we could debate that description uh, highly. Uh, starting in the fall of 2019, an active duty CIA intelligence officer will be embedded on the University of New Mexico's campus. The officer will carry a teaching or research load comparable to his faculty colleagues and to the extent possible participate in the academic life of the university just like his colleagues. They called it the resident intelligence officer program, it's, but it's just the latest development in a decades-long relationship between UNM and CIA, remember our beloved three-letter uh, acronyms, uh, in addition to a CIA employee soon joining the campus community, UNM president recently decided to keep the school involved in an ongoing CIA recruiting program, <laughs> according to copies of two memoranda of understanding signed between mm. the two entities. So, uh, yeah, you the, know, the, the, the place story has, right. in New Mexico, it, it, it's not just in the 40s, folks. It, it, it happens right up to right now. Well, yeah, it's uh, it continues, and a lot of it. Remember, we passed uh, those spooks passed all of the nuclear information. Oppenheimer was about communists. They passed all that information directly. And how do you think the Soviets got the technology? And by the way, we will talk about Gorbachev to finish up the show. Uh, who passed away today? Um, you could even say Gorbachev was not really, you know, communist. If you really wanted to make that argument, he was like pulling us out of that. All right, so. Republicans in the House of Representatives are going to subpoena Doug Wise, Emil, what is the guy's name? I, I don't want to get that wrong, but the, the let's see. Emil Akhle, former director of CIA's Political Islam Strategic Analysis okay, Program, you. now at UNM. So both of these guys are going to get subpoenaed, okay, in addition to the 49 other people on all of this, uh, according so to... Great. The report. Oh, karma. Well, no one's going to hear about it. Oh, no. I mean, no. we're talking about it here. Though, no one's going to talk about it. It's like, you know, they're going to get subpoenaed by GOP. Now, if you look at Douglas's Wise's uh, Twitter, I mean, it's very, it's very hostile. It's very hateful towards a, anybody that is Republican. I'd like to know when he left his post, uh, you know, why he left his post, why he maybe he just retired for old age. He seemed like a decent enough guy from what I can tell. But boy, I mean, the stuff that he's spewing on Twitter. I mean, it's very politically motivated, uh, very different from the interviews I saw with him, which seem as a very, you know, stable intelligence officer um, from my standpoint. Oh, Eddie, he's making big coin at the, uh, let's see, it's called the XK Group. Okay. They do uh, competitive intelligence, risk and security assessment, background investigations, fraud investigations, law enforcement liaison, and security training. Okay. 
billable good. hours. Okay, that's good for him. Yeah. So, but it looks like he's he, he's going to need some of those skills to kind of keep him clean with the House Judiciary Committee. Inviting the intelligence officers to testify about the production of the letter that made the claim, including all the people with whom you communicated about the inception, drafting, editing, signing, publishing, or promotion of it. Signatories of the letter include Director of National Intelligence Clapper, CIA, CIA Director Michael Hayden, and John Brennan. The ex-officials do not comply with the document request. They will be subpoenaed, an aide reportedly told the New York Post. The published emails, later authenticated by the Caller News Foundation, provided extensive evidence of Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. In one email, an advisor to Burisma's Energy Board of Directors thank Hunter for inviting me to D.C., Give me an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Despite the authenticity of the emails, Twitter prevented users from posting the New York Post article. They actually canned it immediately. And none of this stuff came out. And Joe Biden became president of the United States. The sites justified the decision by citing, quote, unquote, misinformation. Twitter locked the New York Post out of its own account, quashed it altogether right before the election. But Twitter also citing its, quote, unquote, hacked materials policy and all this. Never provided any evidence to prove that the laptop material was indeed hacked. And then, of course, we've got all the news coming from, well, none other than uh, Zuckerberg last week. That's where it really started to get interesting on uh, Joe Rogan. Where the uh, FBI essentially, uh, remember, they, they're, they're, they're trying to stop this movie. Right? That's what the whole thing is. Hunter Biden's attorney sought to infiltrate set of upcoming movie directors. They infiltrate Twitter. They infiltrate they infiltrate Facebook. They go wherever the heck they want. You want to talk about insurrection? It's that preventing free speech. They're not interested in the First Amendment, folks. According to the film director for My Son Hunter, Robert Davi, he first made the claim on Friday in an interview with Breitbart, a very legitimate news organization. They're actually the ones who funded it. The media outlet distributing it. The star described how he was filming the new project in Serbia, which when lawyers for the president of Joe Biden's son allegedly tried to get access to the set posting as documentary filmmakers. We filmed in Serbia because I needed, you know, Ukraine. I needed to have that visual. A month before I was there, Hunter was in Serbia at Belgrade. A month before we started a film, and they also sent a team of lawyers down that were saying they were, quote unquote, doing a documentary to infiltrate the set and find out later that they were sent down and that they were representing Hunter Biden. So maybe, you know, not able to be found, but definitely working and definitely worried about some of the information that has come out. No doubt, um, a lot of people who have seen uh, the preview are like very motivated as I am to go ahead and watch this. Now, the subpoenas that are coming down, the New York Post is uh, has here, this is, the, the subpoenas that are coming down will likely not be delivered until after the election because they've been threatening this, I believe since April. Maybe that's some of the spewed stuff that, that's coming up from some of those uh, Twitter accounts. And here's what you need to hear. These social media companies are infiltrated with those spooks. Okay. Fox now writing about this. Surprise, surprise, everybody. Fox is uh, jumping against uh, Donald Trump on all this. Or for Donald Trump on this. It seems like they've been against him. Uh, there's the repairman who handed over Hunter Biden's laptop. It's actually his dad who did it. I don't know why he came to uh, New Mexico to do it. But has something to do with, I don't know, BGK, the real estate, Burisma. And uh, uh, what do we do? We did the research on Gemini Holdings and, you know, it became a Chinese company. I mean, we really have just scratched the surface on all this stuff. I reviewed this in depth on Thursday. Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan, basically the background here is the FBI basically came to us. Some folks on our team was like, hey, just so you know, 
like you should get on high alert. We thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of that similar to that. So just be vigilant. A vigilant gave them basically license to quash any information that was coming out. The way Zuckerberg pitched it, he sounded as if he was reluctant. We know where his money and his political money certainly went. He's now sort of licking his wounds now, saying that this isn't an open source uh, type of environment where, you know, they don't, you know, squash the First Amendment. I think he now looks at it as if the FBI was questionable in coming to him, which is the tone in which he addresses on Joe Rogan. He says, when when squashing that information, Zuckerberg says that Facebook users were still allowed to share, right, but very, very limitedly. Even word. Ranking it in the newsfeed was a little bit less. Fewer people thought than would have otherwise. Rogan asked about what percentage, and he says, I don't know off the top of my head. But it's meaningful. That's a big, oh, wow. Great way to politicize something by not knowing exactly what you can quantify. Everybody by Facebook, everybody know what you're getting, how many hits, clicks. You know exactly to the click, to the hit. But we weren't sort of as lost of black and white about it as Twitter. Twitter was very, very bad. They banned everybody. We just kind of thought, hey, look, the FBI, which I view as a legitimate, who's, or, as a legitimate institution that in this was country, is <laughs> a very professional law enforcement. They came to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, that I need to take it seriously. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about tailoring an election for your own advantage. And if you watch the entirety of uh, the, the video, I'm not going to do it a second time. I did it last Thursday. I'm not going to play it for you again. We picked the whole, whole entire thing apart. There's something else that is potentially here. This isn't the big thing. Now, Donald Trump has uh, his request for special master could open the door to delays in the investigation of what's happening with him. And here's how all of this stuff relates. There's likely some information that he has that has something to do with the 2020 election. There's obviously information that has to do with, you know, uh, a crossfire hurricane back in 2016. There could be information on UFOs. There could be information on, I don't know, whatever he wanted, the, the JFK assassination. Whatever it is, it's likely going to be shedding some light on, on stuff that the government doesn't want you to see, hear, or talk about. Do you really want to be on Twitter anymore? Do you really want to be on Facebook if you know that the government is involved with telling these platforms? I mean, after all, all of their passwords and all the information is compromised at the drop of a hat. You know, we, we certainly know Barack Obama's information was compromised on Twitter. We know Elon Musk is, and, you know, he's divested himself of even making that offer any longer. He's not going to have to buy it. I told you about that last week as well. Why? Well, because it turns out that all of that information was compromised according to Mudge the guy that was head of security for Twitter. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. We'll talk a little bit more about the, this and uh, wrap this up. We've got crime in the third hour and an Albuquerque senator involved in a three-car car crash. And you, of course, know him as Jacobo Pandelaria. Here in the key. 
you. The problem with the GOP is uh, a lot of threats, a lot of empty promises, and uh, we've got to be able to follow through. Hopefully, you're going to help them do that. So we can get to some subpoenas on these uh, intelligence officers, guys that are out there, and make sure that we can get some answers. I think it's important. You know, the elections changed. These guys suppressed it as, uh, you know, disinformation. Uh, the head of all of that was a guy by the name of uh, Jeremy Bash, um, just according to the, the uh, Daily Caller. He's the new intelligence board chief. That's how I got caught up on all this. I started to read about this guy. I'm like, that strange, balding hairline and the voice. And then, you know, you go to this guy's uh, CV, his full bio and everything. He's literally got both all the positive and negative. All the positive and negative media on his CV. I'm like, why would someone do that? Because these are people who obviously care what you think about. And they also, by the very same token, want you to know that, hey, <clears throat> you know what? Um, you might want to be afraid of me because I know people and I can do things to you. That's what I'm letting you know. Okay? Take a listen. This is Jeremy Bash. Uh, jumping in on this. Trump supporters chant, lock her up, reference to Governor Whitmer from back in the day and bash out there defending, uh, you know, the other side. Who was the victim of exactly what John Heilman described. Um, and suggesting somehow that Joe Biden is a corrupt politician, one of those vetted um, politicians in this country. You alluded to the, the, the arsenal being uh, appointed at Joe Biden. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we need to talk about it, Nicole. So this is Jeremy Bash running interference on behalf of Joe Biden. Just got, uh, he's just a brand new intelligence chief for Joe Biden. And did a great job of uh, cleaning up uh, for Joe Biden. Well, on MSNBC, it's pretty easy. Uh, pretty low-hanging fruit, as they toss him. Looks like Russian intelligence. This walks like Russian intelligence. This talks like Russian intelligence. This effort by Rudy Giuliani and the New York Post and, and Steve Bannon to cook up uh, supposed dirt on Joe Biden looks like a classic Russian playbook disinformation campaign. And let's recount exactly. He's literally told you nothing. <laughs> like absolutely zero. He's the former chief of staff of the CIA and the Department of Defense. He's running all the in interference. This is his deep, this is the face of the deep state. What happened in July of 2019 when President Trump talked to Zelensky, he said, talk to Rudy Giuliani, he's my guy on trying to dig up false dirt on Joe Biden. Then Giuliani goes to Kiev in December of 2019 and meets with Andrei Durkash, who is the Ukrainian lawmaker with known ties to Russian intelligence. That assessment, by the way, is not my assessment. That's the assessment of the Trump intelligence community leadership. Who so that's just uh, his attempt to go ahead and legitimize what he is saying, uh, because there's no other way to legitimize what he's saying during story time for boys and girls. August of this year, put out a statement saying that Andre Durkash and intelligence were trying to denigate, denigrate Joe Biden. And then the next month in September, Steve Mnuchin at the Treasury Department put out a statement saying that Durkash is a known Russian intelligence officer for the last decade. So when the intelligence community goes in and warns Donald Trump that Rudy Giuliani is being worked over by intelligence, and then Rudy Giuliani suddenly comes forward with these mysteriously uh, created emails, probably hacked through a Russian intelligence operation. Probably. We right. have to acknowledge the fact that the president of the United States is supporting, is condoning, is welcoming a Russian intelligence operation uh, in 2020. Nicole, this is collusion in plain sight. We don't need a special counsel. We don't need congressional jailing. investigations. The president is acknowledging it 
and welcoming it with open arms. Just uh, make it up as you go along. I mean, uh, just draw it up and, and uh, repeat the storyline. Uh, it sounds plausible, but not really. And then you don't have to hack into anything. They literally showed up with the dumbass's uh, son at the FBI agency with a laptop. So you don't have to do anything. They'll just give you the laptop. Unfortunately, the three-letter agencies are so corrupt that they're going to cover their own asses and cover the people who are helping them politically. Now Jeremy Bash is at the you know, very tip, tip top. That's right, folks. Yankowitz uh, claimed of Hunter Biden's time at Burisma Energy that there's never been any indication that Hunter Biden was involved in anything untoward. Bash is not the first Biden administration appointed to make false claims about Hunter Biden's laptop. White House Secretary John Psaki has promoted the letter claiming that the laptop release was disinformation as well. Never walked it back. Jankowitz, who led the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, and they just re... Remember, there's no longer, as of last... One thing you missed last week, Dowd, was they removed the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board. Look that up. Where was that reported on? Why didn't it? Well, because you looked at her Twitter account. Look at Nina Jankowitz's Twitter account. Everything on her Twitter is politically motivated. It's like, well, this doesn't look good. She described it as the laptop as Trump campaign product. You, you, you mean to tell me uh, they removed your, they, they removed the Department of Homeland Security's disinformation governance board entirely after they nominated her to head it up the inaugural edition of that. Why? Because of her Twitter. So everything for these people is absolutely politically motivated. So no matter which way you look at this, okay, these guys don't want to get subpoenaed. We know that the Hunter Biden laptop is now real. We know that the news media is not going to cover it. We know that the people who are doing Hunter Biden, or excuse me, Joe Biden's uh, bidding are, are now getting promoted in an effort to go ahead and cover everything up. And you're getting none of the information from mainstream media. CBS, NBC, ABC, certainly it's getting quashed by Twitter, getting quashed by uh, Facebook and everything else out there. What do you even believe? What is there to believe? We've got all the information. We've got to wait for the GOP to step up to the plate. You've got to help them. You don't win that election. Guess what? This stuff all disappears, right? That happened in 2020. I believe it happened a little bit in 2018. Yet if these guys get excited and they want to go ahead and address something from 1981 about Kavanaugh going to a party, having a couple of beers, and apparently raping a woman that he's never even seen or can recall who she is, uh, boy, he might as well raped her as much as he possibly could have. Right? I mean, he's guilty as charged. <laughs> Pretty incredible. 550 It's 550-5500. we are looking forward to uh, my son, Hunter. Anything else you got uh, on this doubt? Anything, any other interest? Uh, Eddie, I, I frankly been away for a week. Last one, you are correct, and Eddie, Eddie does his research. The Department of Homeland Security uh, is scrapping, <laughs> I mean, terminating the disinformation governance board. I'm just reading their official statement, Eddie, and it's just, it's just, Orwellian doublespeak. Uh, while we will not have our disinformation governance board anymore with that creepy lady, the department nonetheless will continue to address threat streams mm. that undermine the security of our country. Get this consistent with the law while upholding the privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties of the American people and promoting transparency in our work. Wow. Yeah. Um, we used to believe that one of the fundamental civil liberties of our country was free and open discussion. Uh, and that's how we would eventually arrive at truth. Uh, sometimes it would take longer than it should, but that's how it was that, court, that sort of uh, crucible by which we would debate and kick around ideas and gradually work our way to some kind of 
approximation of the truth or as close as human beings can get to the truth. But uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're still going to continue their work. They won't have the board anymore, uh, but they will, con- quote, continue to address threat streams that undermine the security of our country. Okay, so uh, DCNF, uh, which is the Daily Caller News Foundation, obtained a copy of Hunter Biden's alleged laptop from former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Okay, just the aforementioned Rudy Giuliani that Jeremy Bash was talking about. The DSNF provided Robert Graham, the founder of cybersecurity uh, firm Arata Security, with a copy of the email and its metadata for forensic analysis. So they get into the zeros and ones and see if it really came from the person and really made it to Hunter Biden's laptop and you know his email. He's been cited as a cybersecurity expert in the Washington Post, Associated Press, Wired, and Gadget. Big, big right-wing, you know, conspiratorial websites. The Washington Post is huge. Uh, The other uh, news and uh, technology outlets told the DCNF that he used cryptographic signature found in the email's metadata to validate the account used by Vadim Pojarski, an advisor to Burisma's board of directors, emailed Hunter Biden April the 17th of 2015. In the email, Pozharski thanked Hunter Biden for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time with him. The email totally validated, but not validated by the 51 intelligence officers, right? But apparently this guy uh, who has been validated by Washington Post, AP, Wired, and Engadget, Mr. Robert Graham, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father. This is from Burisma. And spend some time together. It's really an honor and pleasure. As we spoke yesterday evening, would be great to meet today for a quick coffee. What do you think? I could come to your office somewhere around noon or so before on my way to airport. Best, V. Even talks about himself in a very informal way. V. New York Post reported that very email, the one that the 51 people didn't uh, validate, uh, intelligence officers, describing it as a smoking gun, showing that Hunter Biden had introduced his father to the Burisma executive 2015. There it is, Bob Gironco. And what do you get? You get the New York Post locked out of their own Twitter account, Facebook saying, hey, we should treat this as misinformation, and none of this actually hitting the people. They thought it was false information. President Biden gets to go ahead and, for the people who ran interference, whitehousegov.gov yesterday. Today, President Biden announced his intent to appoint the following individuals to serve key roles for their ability to cover their asses, lie, cheat, steal, and and tear up the Constitution. Jeremy B. Bash, head of the President's Intelligence Advisory Board. Mr. Bash, let's learn about you. Well... He is the chief of staff at the CIA, the U.S. Department of Defense, in both roles for Secretary Lion Panetta. Bash held multiple roles on Capitol Hill, including chief counsel of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, counsel to Congresswoman Jane Harmon, the recipient of the Distinguished Intelligence Medal for Lying, and clandestine service Donovan Award, CIA Director's Award, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's done everything politically. Hour three, you and me. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Six of six in 
currently 505 411 for your third hour. More 411 here in the Kiva with Dowd's data dump to kick off hour three. You and the me and the Dowd makes three. 3,000. As always, you can watch us directly at Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, apping directly rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and to support my friend, the Dow 3000 to keep them running at uh, full optimum. <laughs> Are you still running your Pentium 2? Remember the uh, Tan rested and ready, as they used to say about Nixon in the 90s. Tan <laughs> rested and ready. Uh, great president. Uh, Nixon was great. He was he was great. Trump was greater. And uh, they do not like private citizens. What is it? Nick Tricky Dick uh, from uh, Whittier College. Not, 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 not the best of schools. And Duke Law. That's not Yale or Harvard. Mm. Yeah, Duke Duke Law. Boy, the lowly the, the lowly blue devils. Boy, uh, but he was wasn't he like a colonel in the uh, army or something? Didn't he? Uh, Nixon was in the navy, I think, during the war. Navy? But I don't think in any kind of combat. Position. Yeah, but I think he uh, he had a high, he had a high ranking position. Did he? I think so. I don't know. No, we're not here to go ahead and get into people's backgrounds. We're here to go ahead and delve into the data. Dumped here by the Dow 3000. <laughs> yeah, folks, sorry to have uh, been away recently on the data dump. I got about, I guess, three three data points and then two assessments from economists who are kind of gloomy on the situation. But the, the results today are, are, are interesting, kind of mixed, nothing catastrophic, nothing sunny. Consumer confidence unexpectedly rose in August. That's the first increase. We had three consecutive months of decline. So the composite index uh, went up by 7.9% points uh it went up to 103.2 but if you want to be on the negative side from a year ago the index still remains down as we always say you know month to month is one thing but year to year is another you've got to really look uh at different time frames uh the s&p dow jones indices uh, s&p dji today released the latest results from the uh, s&p core logic case chiller indices that is the uh, leading measure of U.S. home prices. I guess this would be existing homes. Uh, the data, there's a bit of a lag here, so we may not really know what's going on in terms of you know, July and August. But the data for July, uh, June show that home prices continued to increase, but not at the rate that they previously had. So this index covers all uh, nine divisions of the U.S. Census Bureau, the whole country. There was an 18.0% annual gain in June. Again, that's, we're a couple months lagging behind now. But that's you know good, good, but it's down from the 19.9% in the previous month. Now, the 10-city composite annual increase came in at only 17.4%, down from 19.1% the previous month. Now, we're going to give you, and this is not going to be super surprising, highest year-over-year gains uh, among the uh, 20 uh, core, uh, ten, the composite uh, core cities, number one, number two, and number three, not exactly the bluest of blue areas. We are talking about Tampa. That would be, I believe, the west coast of Florida. Uh, Miami, down at the tip of Florida, tending toward the uh, Atlantic side. And Dallas, uh, Mr. Aragon, recently uh, in the Dallas metro area. They were the highest year-over-year gains. Uh, Tampa led the way with a 35% year-over-year uh, -year increase. Miami had a 33% increase. And Dallas at a 28% 0.2% uh, increase. Maybe, folks, maybe, just maybe, Miami, part of Miami's growth was the fact that right before I left, I watched Tucker Carlson. He had the Miami mayor, who I believe is a Republican. He is, yeah. And Eddie, I, I, it's been so long, and I've had such a full life the last eight or nine days. In, I believe it was either the Miami-Dade itself or the Miami Metro, 
They had fewer murders so far this year than <laughs> Albuquerque. They had 28, had. 28 murders on the year. Unbelievable. Just, yeah, uh, Miami, the Cocaine Cowboys, uh, Crockett and Tubbs, they have solved crime to a large degree uh, in that city. So uh, that's probably the place a, a lot of people want to live. So uh, bottom line on home prices, according to uh, Mr. Craig Lazara, managing director at S&P, the deceleration in U.S. housing prices that we began to observe several months ago continued in June 2022. So still growing, but not at the previous rate. And again, we got to wait for those uh, July and August numbers to come in as the recession and the inflation uh, continue to bite us even more. Now, the JOLT survey came out. This is the Feds, uh, not a private entity, called the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, uh, colloquially known as JOLTS. Job openings actually increased in July to 11.2 million. Uh, not, you know, most economists were being uh, much more uh, gloomier uh, about that. But according to Kate Bond, she is the chief economist at the Washington Center for Equitable Growth. I think we know uh, what that phrase means. Uh, I don't think we're, see- I think basically what we're seeing, it's not a big change in the numbers. So it's just more of the same. All right. Now you want to get negative. We're going to get negative from two uh, economists. And the second economist actually used to follow my old Twitter account, and we would tweet each other occasionally because he's associated with the Cato Institute. But our first economist, Morgan Stanley Asia, uh, an establishment guy who would never follow me on Twitter, I would would be shocked, Uh, Stephen Roach, he said that the U.S. needs a quote-unquote miracle to avoid a recession. Uh, He was being interviewed, I guess, on CNBC. We'll definitely have a recession as the lagged impacts of this major monetary tightening start to kick in. It's an interesting phrase, major monetary tightening. Some people would think it's fairly, fairly mild. Uh, Yale University senior fellow and former Federal Reserve economist does not get uh, more establishment that than that. He's talking about uh, wringing inflation out of the system in the early 90s when I was a wee wee lad. Uh, quote, go back to the type of pain Paul Volcker, uh, head of the Fed at the time, had to impose on the U.S. economy to wring out inflation. He had to take the unemployment rate above 10% said Mr. Roach. Uh, The only way we're not going to get there is if the Fed under Jerome Powell sticks to his word, stays focused on discipline and gets that real federal funds rate into the restrictive zone. And the restrictive zone is a long ways away from where we are right now. Uh, My, uh, someone I would trust a lot more, who actually kind of shares the same sentiment in terms of gloominess, the U.S. economy is going to fall into a recession next year. Uh, Stephen Hankey, a professor of applied economics at Johns Hopkins, quote, we will have a recession because we've had five months of zero M2. That's a, of course, measure of the money supply. M2 growth, money supply growth, and the Fed isn't even looking at it, uh, he said to uh, CNBC as well. The professor said, uh, we're going to have one whopper of a recession in 2023. And I believe Mr. Eddie Aragon predicted a whopper of a a, a recession uh, in 2023. Uh, He said inflation is going to remain high because of, quote, unprecedented growth close quote, in money supply. That was all the uh, stimmy checks that uh, got mailed out to everyone. So, you know, kind of a mix today, some unexpected, decent numbers, but uh, two fairly prominent economists saying, folks, uh, it's recession time, no matter what Creepy Joe and his flax say. That is the data dump for Tuesday, August 30th, wow. the year of our Lord, 2020. Oh, wow, wow, I like that. I like the year of our Lord. Jeez. An atheist is calling in the Lord. <laughs> that must be a bad recession that's coming. Um <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. I'm coughing and one up here. <laughs> I shocked him, folks. <laughs> it's, it's a surprise. What also, happened to me out in the desert? Yeah, what, there, did yeah. you find Jesus? <laughs> there he was. Moses was there. Uh, now we're getting rid of I Moses. became an LDS. Or no, no. My oh, mother wow. and father could never process. 
Polygamist. <laughs> yeah, that's um, run in there. They're crazy game. Okay, so uh, what Dow didn't tell you in that he told you a lot, but M two. Go back to that quote again. What he said about M two. I want I want you to repeat this. Repeat the M two quote, and then I'm going to tell you exactly what he's telling you. Yes, uh, according to the professor, we will have a recession because we had five F I V E months of zero M two growth, money supply growth, and the Fed isn't even looking at it. M2 is the measure of the money supply that includes cash in circulation, checking deposits, and easily convertible near money, which is anything that's close to a checking deposit. It is the broadest measure of money supply, broader than M1, including cash and checking deposit. And generally, people just don't use M3. They just don't look at that. Mm. M2 is sort of where it's at, and that's what you got to pay attention to. It's an indicator a future inflation, okay? So if there's no money and all the money is being circulated out there and it's driving up, there's a higher level of competition. It will drive numbers up. But if there's no money in your checking accounts, guess what? The central bank monetary policy is going to likely print more money or it's not. And the likelihood of it actually printing more money is pretty big because it does something in international banking that makes sure that there is enough money to go ahead and have all the banks pay for what they need to pay for. And what can't, what they can't do is they can't manufacture money that you're not saving inside the, the banks, folks. That's what's going on. So those swaps are going to be hot swaps. Back after a quick break uh, here into the Kiva on AM1600KIVABQ.FM. That uh, will destabilize economies throughout the world as they scramble. <laughs> is rough i had to go back and ask out it's like did that that really what's going on apparently that's what's really going on so yeah uh put the uh <clears throat> the guarantee on that going forward folks that is a definitive recession uh excuse me a de- definitive depression i should say next year we're already in a recession we only need two more quarters uh we'll get that by the end of the year right um here's what i think could happen politically i think the democrats might throw in the towel in the house races hmm. I think they're going to want the re-election to bounce back in 2024. They'll be okay with the loss because they're going to pin the loss in the recession and the depression that's coming. Because we're, we're talking about a depression next. At the end of the year, in the middle of winter, we're going to be talking about a depression. Two consecutive quarters, four consecutive quarters. You can't change the uh, <coughs> the definition of that. I guarantee once we take the House by, I don't know, 10, 15 seats, It's going to be in the Republicans' hands. And they still have the executive. And there is zero doubt that Michelle Obama is going to be your next president if we don't get our stuff together in 2024. That's your next president. Not to scare you too. Not not to give you all the bad news in one day. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad I could laugh about it. Maybe if you can. All right. Fentanyl's bad. Why isn't the CIA and the uh, IRS, is that why they're hiring all those agents to crack down on the cartels? I, ho- I certainly hope so. Uh, no, that's not what's happening. At least they got their priorities straight. <clears throat> going, yeah. going after middle-class America. Um, folks, keep your kids away from Smarties. Keep your kids away from anything that looks like it's an aspirin. Oh, wow. Keep them away from anything. 
You don't need to go to China to get fentanyl. It's being made just to the south of us, about 250 miles. 107,000 deaths in 2021. 107,000 deaths. Three quarters of those fentanyl overdose. The Sinaloa, they said, in Jalisco, dominate the market for supplying fentanyl to the United States. In fact, uh, Jim Crotty said, if it were an athlete, people would call it the greatest of all time. This is a drug that is 50 times, I don't know what, I think heroin is, or 100 times what heroin is, 50 times what uh, meth is. These guys are cooking it just to the south of us. Out of Mexico's Pacific coast as well. Those uh, fights. The takedowns are killing Americans. Not getting reported, by the way. And guess what? They don't need to source opium. They can just manufacture it completely and totally synthetically. You don't need poppy farmers for this. Poppy farmers are going out of business, folks. They're, they're, they're gone. Cartels are dominating the economies throughout Mexico. They're dominating politically as well. These are the heroes. Let's not forget it. I mean, they, uh, they write corridos. Do you guys know what corridos? Este del corrido de caballo blanco. Remember, Nestle Martinez used to sing the uh, mariachis, mariachi spectacular. Isn't that coming next month? <laughs> Everyone gets excited, right? Ay, 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 ay. Canta en oyores. Joaquin El Chapo Guzman celebrated. He's a bet. Supermax. They still celebrate him. They're writing corridos for him. Well, they call him by 701. And the reason why they call him 701 is because he's the 701st richest guy, according to Forbes magazine. <laughs> okay. they, they love that. Yeah, That's yeah. their way. That's their way. Now they know that they can manufacture. They don't have to deal with the, uh, well, they got word for Chinese people in Mexico. I, I know what the word is, but I'm not going to say it here. Okay. Remember, we're seizing all sorts of drugs everywhere here in Albuquerque where we can help. Oh, Sorry, that, was, that would mean the APD is doing their job. This is some scary stuff. I'm going to race through this. Drugs seized include meth, cocaine, heroin, 500,000 fake pills laced with fentanyl, investigators said. The DEA in San Diego in June said 26 people were indicted following a two-year investigation into what law enforcement officials described as a sprawling operation. The DEA operation led to the arrest of more than 600 led Jalisco cartel members in the United States. Well, they just keep coming. Fentanyl is it. It's in your schools. It's in your neighborhoods. It's very likely in your home. Yes, folks. Believe it or not, it's very likely in your home. I haven't forwarded the uh, phone, so I'm not taking calls today. I've got doubt here. Okay. They come with stamps. It's being, what do they seize? 400, 4,500 tablets, I believe, over at uh, Coronado Park. Is that correct? Uh, I, I think, believe that, I think yeah. that was the number. $10,000. Cash. <laughs> $10,000 in cash. Uh, who knew? Who knew? That, that could pay for a lot of rent payments yeah. in apartments. Yeah. So, what's fentanyl? Why is it so damn dangerous? Well, it's pretty easy. I mean, we've been looking at this drug now for what, four years? Dowd's going to do. Uh, a quick and dirty report on, wow, the number of fentanyl overdoses uh, since Michelle Lujan Grisham has become, remember, first thing that she did, she let the fentanyl in. Remove the 132 guards from the south of the border. Bring in all, and, and they got front page of the Albuquerque Journal yesterday. 
You got a guy literally smoking fentanyl. Fentanyl's in everything, literally in everything. It killed Prince. Likely going to kill somebody you love, folks. It's in Percocet. It's in Xanax. It's in Adderall. I don't know. I don't take anything. The National Institute of Drug Abuse talked about this. Law enforcement officials believe that in some cases the drug is mixed accidentally by drug manufacturers working with multiple white powders in the same lab. Oh, could be there. We're experimenting. People become so addicted that they have to continually use it. One little sack of it, one little sack of the, the fentanyl, just a little bit, like a, like a sugar packet, is enough to go ahead and provide for one person the entire year. That's the worst part about it. It's in your neighborhoods, it's on the street, it's blamed for the rising crime. There's gang violence all over Mexico. Top security threat. The judicial and the federales in Mexico cannot battle these guys. They're just literally taking out, the cartels are taking out law enforcement officials at this time. Any counter drug officials are getting taken out. They can't compete. The organized crime group in Jalisco, despite being jailed here, and we've got El Chapo. More than 100 public servants have been killed, including federal, state, and local policemen, soldiers, mayors, council members, a state tourism minister, and federal lawmaker, state officials said. In June, it killed a federal judge and his wife. Now, sometimes analysts worry that attack on the Capitol's police chief shows it's launching a wider campaign of retribution, and it's getting worse. The violence is spilling over. In fact, they're getting so smart, they're reading the art of war. And why? What are they doing? Well, every single time that we take somebody here on our side, we bring somebody to justice, well, they just go out. You've got to pay for your sins, they say. Yes, that's what they're saying. And what you parents are fighting your own war at home. You're trying to keep your kids safe from fentanyl. Trying to educate them. You're, you're telling them how to use, uh, was it Narcan, Naloxone, whatever it is to go ahead and, like you're having to train your kids. So just in case they go to a party, They're already at the parties. They're there. Your kids, if they're going to parties, those drugs are there. It's a matter of whether or not you've loved them enough, cared enough about them, encouraged them enough, informed them enough to let them know that, hey, don't take anything. Not even, not one single smarty. Don't be a dummy. Don't take a smarty. Don't be a dum-dum. Remember the little dum-dums? <laughs> Drug overdose deaths rate are at an all-time high. Why? Fentanyl. As I told you, 107,000, excuse me. The 15% increase from 2020 when everyone's hanging out at home. Getting drunk, getting stoned, and getting hooked on fentanyl. The U.S. has recorded more than 1 million overdose deaths since 2000. But the most rapid rise was between 2020 and 2021. Deadly overdoses in a category that includes mostly meth rose 34% to 33,000. Why? Fentanyl. Deaths increased 23% in all other categories by to 24,500. These deaths often overlap with the opioid count in the CDC data. They can't trace it on every one. They can't. But it's getting worse and worse. Wisconsin, Mom, let me give you some anecdotal stories. This just came out earlier today. <clears throat> Warns families of fentanyl danger after a son dies from poisoning. Educate your children. It's rocking small towns throughout the country. She was on Fox News. Nashville man busted 
get this, with over 15,000 fentanyl lace pills, investigators said. Oh, they released him on $150,000 bond. 22-year-old Angel Rodriguez Troche, according to agency uh, detectives. 15,000 pills. And it takes just a little tiny bit, little tiny bit for them to overdose. What do we say here in the state of New Mexico? Legalize it. Everybody can have some. You want marijuana? Go get it in your store. Get it there. They're starting to lace it there as well. Yes, in marijuana. Marijuana, by the way, with high THC levels linked to addiction. Oh, it's not addictive, folks. Better than alcohol. Psychiatric illness study finds high cannabis potency, THC, associated with greater risk of cannabis use disorder, CUD, they're now talking about. This released... uh, by Dr. Mark Siegel. Too much THC. This isn't your mom's marijuana. Wow. (laughs) I I can say conclusively (laughs) that Sharon Muska has never smoked marijuana. (laughs) And finally, a mother and a father from Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, are charged with homicide after their three-month-old daughter died from fentanyl toxicity. Washington County District Attorney announced just Monday... Shannon McKnight, 23, James May, 31, facing multiple charges after the girl was found unresponsive on First Street and died at the hospital. Back after a quick break, I told you, it's absolutely everywhere. There's so many stories of this, and it's all over the streets and, uh, you know, down your block, right in the middle of whatever's bad happening here in Algary. Back in two. Dad Musco is still here. Yes, he's here. He's he's hard at work on that laptop. It's hard to it's like, whoa, what is this? A computer? And he's talking about drugs. What's going on in here? Yeah, well, drugs, uh, drugs. Not not a single. Yeah, I'm just lying. If you know, I'm just completely and totally lying about you know the fact that anything is um, you know, related to drugs because uh, apparently Target Seven did a little bit of a report on this. <clears throat> APD reports no homicides related to drugs. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not one. The whole year? <laughs> yeah, even KOAT's like, boy, can you guys, like, I realize that you guys don't like the guys at Kiva and all, but the city of Albuquerque, uh, that, by the way, KOAT only reporting, only reporting the dead Musco. This is kind of crazy. 79 homicides only. That's all, all they Right, got. third and long. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll bring this in third and long, apparently. Oh, it is football season. Uh, but, Lobos started off against Maine this weekend. Hopefully it'll be good for my, for the old chap, the old sport, uh, if you will, uh, Danny Gonzalez. I, I grew up with him. Good guy. And uh, go support the Lobos. Uh, take a listen. This is KOET's Channel 7 report. Each week. Uh, come on, Doug. Police Department puts together a report showing homicides year to date. Oh, According to the most very recent data, there have been 79 homicides, but none drug related. Come on, Don Cardinelli found out that maybe not the case. 
According to this report released on August 26 by APD, last year there were 15 homicides related to drugs. But take a close look at the number this year. It appears to be zero. zero. Where are those numbers are coming from, I'm not familiar with. That's APD Lieutenant like, Ray Del Greco earlier think. today when asked about the number. I'll what? point to like incidents where the self-proclaimed mayor of Coronado Park, uh, he ended up shooting and killing somebody in June of this year. And that was that had a, a fentanyl-related nexus to it. Oh, Target 7 looked into court records and quickly came across a case in which a known drug dealer was murdered and robbed of $80 in drug paraphernalia huh. in January of this year. Three people have been charged in connection with the murder. The Albuquerque Journal even headlined the story, ABQ drug deal gone what? awry ends in homicide. So we lying? reached out to APD to get clarification APD on why is this lying? is not being considered a drug-related homicide. In a statement, the department said, in the case you cited, the motivation is considered robbery, oh, and that is what right. is reported. Yeah, the drug. homicide unit's analysis also what, considers the, the drug or the cash proceeds from drug selling as the bounty the, bounty. the robber wanted. Wow. So in that Ooh. sense, it's considered a drug-related robbery. The department went on to say they're changing the way. I, I like it when uh, the stats are starting to say, well, in that sense, well, if you mean it this way. <laughs> if you use words as we've always used them, then... Eh. The reports are gathered, stating the homicide unit is finalizing a public dashboard that will replace the weekly reports oh. we generate for the. I, I, I imagine that number is going to jump after this report. His heavy eyebrow, John Cardinale. Website, which will provide more accurate and useful information about these crimes. Huh. And there is one commonality to the bulk of the homicides this year. It turns out, according to that report, 64 of the 79 homicides are because of some kind of dispute. Oh. Of course, we'll stay in touch with APD for when they make all the changes to how the numbers are reported. All domestics, all men cheating on women, women so cheating on men. That's, that's not drugs. For target 7, yeah. I'm John Cardinale. Well, if you, mean it, you mean if you consider sex a drug? I oh. suppose if you look at it that way. I would have thought so. most of the murders would, would be <laughs> police people killing uh, uh, underprivileged and underserved members of the community. Well, <laughs> well as I told you, uh, by the way, they're not even killing priests in Mexico. Killing of Jesuit priests in Mexico shakes nation affected by afflicted with violence yeah 79 and 80 year old priests they're just yeah i told you they're killing travelers they're killing you know uh <clears throat> the white people as they you know they have another word for them but i don't want to use it so anyway they're, they're killing everybody in mexico they don't even care the femicides women on the beach even you're just like you got to pay for your sins there it is so i told you about marijuana high thc levels i told you you heard fentanyl right there right that, that guy was you know, the, the self-proclaimed mayor of Coronado. That's hilarious. He's got to administer justice here. There's no judge. Uh, the good news is we have a 92.5% clearance rate. Yes, we do. APD. Oh, nice. You guys are really solving it. I'd, I'd like to see those numbers unpacked <laughs> a little bit. I, no. I'm a little skeptical, folks. Why didn't Johnny Cardinale pay attention to that? No. Yeah. So Anyway, um, marijuana use is hitting a record high, according to uh, Galoop, Gallup polls, uh, uh, and not to mention, and Dad, one of the things that you missed is the release of uh, $40 million plus. July was huge. $40 million plus is what we made on marijuana. Nice. Yeah, yeah very good. <laughs> Breaking it in. So mar uh, marijuana, fentanyl, I, she should wear that as a badge of honor, don't you think? Her drug. Oh. Uh, drug Lord Michelle Lujan Grisham. I mean, that's really what she She dances with... Uh, with uh, the Los Padillas gang out there. Eddie, this no doubt they're poll, dealing in, in uh, those types of things, marijuana, fentanyl, uh, meth. 16% of Americans in the, within the last week report to Gallup that they smoke weed. 16? 16. 16, yeah. That's what, one in six, one in seven? 
Yeah. That's not a stat to be happy about in America. Oh, we got to celebrate. I just, we just pop gummies. We're doing it in the middle of our show, aren't we? <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I just came back from Vegas. Eddie, the bud is so good there, man. Eddie has too much energy. Can you give him another gummy, man? <laughs> My brother in law him... drove us back from Vegas. We've been driving for eight days, man. I drive better when I have a little bit more in the system. <laughs> You're going to finish those. Bunions. All right. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of drugs and uh, cartels uh, and people who have been convicted of, uh, I guess, is this on voluntary manslaughter? What did Fabian Gonzalez get uh, convicted? <clears throat> the attorney for Fabian Gonzalez confirmed that his brother this morning, was it yesterday morning? Yeah, yesterday morning. Joseph Gonzalez, Fabian's brother. Um, Joseph called 911 on Monday, told dispatchers he shot a man on Valverde Street. Um, he's accused of shooting and killing a man Monday in the South Valley. On arrival, they observed a white male gunshot wound. It was deceased, and he was a male, male, not white male, and he was located near a pickup truck. So the police report provided by Patreon members only of ABQ Raw. By the way, I can't see anything on ABQ Raw's YouTube because, of course, again, I am banned from YouTube. Uh, but here is um, how it all went down. Yes, I'm 18 years and older. Yes, please let me in. Let me in. Come on. It, 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 this whole thing with Patreon is totally stupid. This is the stupidest thing of have you. Are you a member of Patreon? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, I got to get off this thing. It just it makes me crazy. I get into my email, it works, and then I it asks me to do all sorts of. I I'm a member. I'm whatever. Anyway, so it turns out Joe, <laughs> Joe Go, Joe Gonzalez, Gonzo went Gonzo shot the man once in the chest, twice in the back as he was walking away. They went to see if the man actually had any weapons on him. Uh, turns out he didn't. So here it is. This guy, Fabian Gonzalez's brother, is going to join him uh, in the Pinta. So there it is. Uh, bad blood. What else are you going to say? So he got as a, they, the Rod described it as a uh, road rage incident. Oh. Sounded a little more like. Uh, well, I'm thinking their mother you, was not mother of the year. No, you got, a, you got a problem? You got a problem? And then he pulled out his gun and he thought he was going to pull out his gun. That's the way the police report was written up. And I'm like, Wow. All right. Uh, a man not altogether unfamiliar with uh, police reports or calling 911 is Jacobo Candelaria. Boy, or drugs. But uh, apparently, uh, no drugs. This is also from uh, <clears throat> KOAT. This guy wipes out, like, how much more? This guy is tested. He's all sorts of stupid. How did this guy graduate from Pius? In law school. <laughs> it is rumored that he is the son of a muy famoso politician. Rumored. Who's your daddy? Well, maybe maybe that's what you can attribute all this to, ultimately. And it all, what this all boils down to is people, this is what happens when you grow up without a father, right? Didn't, didn't his nuptials, uh, weren't they cemented by one Michelle Lujan Grisham? No. Yeah, I think she... But she, they're not friends of each other anymore, I think. No, no, he turned. That relationship he went, soured. Yeah, no, he, I don't know how he's an attorney repping anybody, but here's the report, so take a listen. Jacob Candelaria reportedly crashed into two parked vehicles on Friday. Candelaria was driving home from his law office when he apparently became unconscious behind the wheel. He's like in the middle of a yard. Like he drove into a yard in Old Town. It's bizarre. No one was injured in the crash, but all of the vehicles were totaled. The senator says he's <laughs> no one was injured in the crash, but four vehicles were totaled. All of the vehicles were totaled, <laughs> and he was just the only one move in move in, in motion. 
That's a little, that's, wow, he must have been going what down fast. What is going on? People to be alive, but it is not. How do Democrats get elected in this dumb city? Remember much about what led up to the crash. I don't remember. Uh, did he take a, a test? Will you walk the line, son? I don't like Johnny Cash. The last thing I remember is passing by the Albuquerque Museum. Did he laugh? Was that a chuckle? Yeah. Seemed to me, let me, I want to turn that up. That seemed to be a chuckle to me. He was explaining himself. Passing by the... Oh, ho, ho, ho! Wow! Isolate, reframe. Wow, let's, uh, let's listen to Jacob Candelaria listening to him wipe out uh, three other cars. Museum. And the next thing I remember is waking up upside down in my Chevy Equinox. There was not a sobriety test conducted on Candelaria by first responders on scene. Why? Are you going to IPRA that, Dowd? Uh, I, I think, would, yeah. I think it was time yeah. to IPRA. IPRA, I-P-R-A. Give me an well, I-P-R-A. Well, can, can IPRA, you IPRA something that wasn't done? Right. <laughs> he says drugs and alcohol did not play drugs. a role. Senator says he did suffer from a seizure condition as a child, but it has not been a problem in adulthood. The other vehicle owners are being compensated according to Candelaria. <laughs> Everything was according to Candelaria. Well, I'm elected. I'm protected. Uh, where's M Michelle Lujan Grisham? Give him the chair. Give him the chair. I mean, why was he not uh, tested on site? Anybody else would have been tested. That was Eddie Aragon driving through three. Uh, oh, Eddie was three sheets to the wind over there. Old town. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe the senator finds this funny, but Felipe Tapia, whose car was destroyed, doesn't find it so funny. No, he doesn't. Back to close out the show. Hail McHale with you. Six forty-eight here in the Kiva. My name is Peter Kaviyevi.com. Mikhail Gorbachev dies at the age of ninety-one today, and um, obituary put out first by uh, the New York Times. Uh, he had a very long illness, uh, and you know, there was a secret speech, and uh, a lot of people. Uh, what he has stated is that uh, he wanted to get rid of the legacy of Stalin. He liked Khrushchev. And of course, you know, obviously these are all communists, but then the Cold War and obviously he's in power six and a half years before we brought in Boris Yeltsin, right? Well, Khrushchev's secret speech was the denunciation of the deceased Soviet leader, Joseph Stalin, to a closed session of the 20th Congress of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. The speech was a nucleus of a the Stalinization campaign intended to destroy the image of the dictator as an infallible leader to revert official policy to the idealized Leninist model. Now, I think this was sort of the beginning of the end, and this is actually what helped a lot of things along during that time. Remember, we had our very own citizens of the city of Albuquerque, those spies that we cannot trust. <laughs> you guys are funny when you guys have been 
gave them the technology they developed and we had the arms race and it led for, you know, nearly 40 plus years of bringing us to the brink. No doubt the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. And of course, we get involved in the uh, middle to the late 80s and you have the great speech of President Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But really, those walls started coming down once you started getting rid of the uh, sham of uh, maybe one of the biggest mass murders in the history of this world, which is Joseph Stalin. Khrushchev uh, criticized Stalin for having failed to make adequate defensive preparations before the German invasions of the Soviet Union in 41, for weakening the Red Army by purging its leading officers, and for mismanaging the war after the invasion. He condemned him for irrationally deporting entire nationality groups, including Chechenian and Balkar peoples from the homelands, and for purging political leaders in Leningrad and Georgia. He also censured Stalin for attempting to launch a new purge shortly before his death and for his policy towards Yugoslavia, which no longer exists, and it insulted the severance of relations between the nation and the Soviet Union, the cult of personality that Stalin had created to glorify his own role in leadership was also condemned. And that was it, removing any sort of glorification of those dictatorships, I think, led to what happened 35, 40, 45 years later. Gorbachev is the last leader of the Soviet Union, and you saw the breakup of it. He was involved in negotiations to end the Cold War and died at Moscow Central Clinical Hospital. He died after a serious and long illness, according to ABC News. Now, Reuters reminded us all that he won the Nobel Peace Prize, and he is the man who actually ended the Cold War. And I'd probably say yes. Certainly, we put a lot of pressure, particularly financial. Remember they, after this, when they attempted to adopt privatization, adopt capitalism, failed miserably coming out of that. Yeltsin paid the price for that. He is the last Soviet president, forged arms reduction deals in the United States and partnerships with Western powers to remove the Iron Curtain that had divided Europe since World War II. He passed away after a serious and protracted disease and expressed the deepest condolences from Vladimir Putin. British Prime Minister Johnson, signing Putin's invasion of Ukraine, said Gorbachev's tireless commitment to opening up Soviet society remains an example to us all. Now, I happen to remember that time. I happen to remember because, what, I'm, what, 47? I happen to remember that time and, you know, being afraid and going through fallout drills and all that, not like my parents did during the 60s and the 70s, but we did have a few of those. We did. I don't think you see fallout shelters any longer, but it's sort of like we're on the brink of that again, it feels. It seems. Seems like that whole dialogue is starting to ratchet it up. And, you know, ironically, some of these people pass away at a time to remind us that, hey, don't don't lose the lesson of these times of peace and finding opportunity. And Vladimir Zelensky certainly isn't on that side. Neither is uh neither does Putin have to be. He was goaded into war. This goes back to 2014. We have to look at uh, that area that was seized in the Crimea. Why? Well, because the more and more eastward expansion of NATO. Okay? Ukraine looking for its own personal sovereignty. They just celebrated their 31 years of independence and decided to go ahead and attach themselves to NATO. And they're not a member of NATO, yet we're protecting them as if they are a member of NATO. As we have our eastward expansion into Putin's territory. 
if that would have happened back when Mikhail, Mikhail Gorbachev was leader, there would have never been any peace. There was any territorial expansion during that time by Reagan or anything else. This is simply a very diplomatic way of trying to find peace. And things weren't working internally, economically. We used to make fun, right? You remember the Robin Williams movie, Moscow on the Hudson? You remember all of these things that would tell you about the long lines and the differences in culture. You know, there was a lot more humor back then. Zelensky, the comedian that he is, and, and an actor, seems to be the warmonger. Last year, they're going through this, or last week, they're going through the streets in with tanks, celebrating. And then on the 24th, on the 31st anniversary, after bombing a super nationalist, according to all of the propaganda that's out there, and taking out a 28-year-old journalist, what happened? They increase their number of soldiers by 137,000. They increase their spending on military, and they, being the Russians, increase their spending by 10%. And the energy markets for them have never been better. And they're trading with Pakistan, China, BRIC countries, Brazil, India. They're not adopting any sort of new e-vehicles or EV vehicles. No. They're leaning headlong into more production of gas vehicles. And why? Well, because they've got their partners right there and they're growing economically while we are shrinking. Now, China is not growing as much as it was, but it's still in positive direction. India is not growing as, as much, but it is in a positive direction. Russia is not growing as much. No, it's growing more than it was before the war. War is profitable. War is good for them. I think this time the lesson instead of tear down this wall is stop backing the most corrupt countries in the world. Home for Burisma, the Ukraine. Stop letting our politics and our hatred of other politicians, even though if he's not the most likable guy in Donald Trump, stop letting it prevent you from seeing the truth that's out there in these international conflicts. You don't know where Ukraine is. You don't know what it's about. You don't know how literally nearly 10 million of its citizens have been displaced, not because of Vlad Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine. That's not the reason. It's because you have an idiot young politician, president, head of, head of state, who has decided to go into Russia into war, thinking, thinking he had the Western power backing. And truly and honestly, to a certain degree, he does. But the end game has already been decided, and it's going to be decided for the Russians. And I wish that clear heads would prevail. I wish Zelensky would follow the spirit of one Mikhail Gorbachev. We know that Putin doesn't have to. And he's been pushed into this position. Mikhail Gorbachev was removed from office. I think he voluntarily resigned, but essentially he was removed from office. I think in order for something to happen into in the Ukraine, I only wish that they could remove Vladimir Zelensky from office. The United States has no business defending him. Western European powers have no business defending Zelensky at this time. All he had to do is not go this guy into go ahead and invading more parts. So Putin already has all the pieces that he needs inside the Ukraine at this point. If you look at a, a area geography of the areas that are you know, rich in resources and the most desired pieces, Crimea for, you know, more 
travel and uh, certainly more luxurious reasons on the sea and on the edge there. And then the other parts are all very resource rich. It, it doesn't make any sense for Putin to really take any more of the Ukraine. But as long as they keep uh, poking the bear, you're going to continue to see more and more conflict well into 2023 at the same time that we have, you know, worldwide economic depression on a number of fronts. 550 500 if you want to go ahead and uh, text me anytime. Three sheets to the window, bro. Oops, did I say? Oh, hi, Eddie. True or false? A few weeks ago, one of our Albuquerque hospital staff was performing the routine belongings checklist with a knife, hatchet, cooking torch, aluminum foil, straws, and around 300 or 400 little blue pills. Were That's fentanyl, folks. That's someone who's making it. Campus police collected the pills so they could do anything other than destroy them. No charges uh, were filed, of course. Please expose the misinformation of MLG, abortion sham from LIP, exceptions for rapes, incense, Baby is fatally assaulted for the sin of the father. Hello. All right. I appreciate that, Frank. Waffle House crowd, Eddie. Waffle House at Central and Tramway was shut down over six months ago because of the violence and vandalism. The workers and cops would not show up anymore. RPM also lost there. And finally, hey, Eddie, give out Steve Pierce's phone number, 298 3662. I left a message as well as requested a call back to discuss his role as chairman and his reason for not showing up support. For Mark Ronchetti, as always, a conservative, independent Republican that is from Maria. See you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m., right here in the Kiva for our Wednesday Hump Day show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in, as always, to AM Security Kia, the ABQ.